I assure you there's not a fire happening over there. You have a fire? What? What? I don't, but I haven't changed the uh, frame rate on my camera, so it's picking up a flicker on, on one of the lights, and it looks like I've got a lovely campfire in my office. <laughs> <laughs> but I can assure you that I don't. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you, need, you need the fire because you're a thermal wimp. I am a thermal wimp. Massive, massive thermal wimp. After all those years knowing you, I didn't know you were a thermal wimp. Man. Yeah. yeah. Were, were I, we not like, where was the place where it was the coldest where we were together? Was it not Kiev? Very possible. Remember? Or, or on the, uh, in Tokyo. Oh. On top, top of, of the... Mori. Mor yeah. <laughs> that was cold. That was cold because of the wind. Yeah, yeah. the wind chill was... <laughs> But yeah, generally, thermal wimp. <laughs> well, you have those, um, as you explained in your attaché episode, you have those um, patches of uh, heat. Oh, glorious things. Thank <laughs> you, Joseph Tame. <laughs> from, from Joseph. For our dear friend Joseph. Yeah, th these, are, these are amazing. The, but you said in that episode that you can't find them here? Uh, you know, somebody commented that they're, that they're called charcoal heat packs. And I'm sure that they are. I don't know. But, and that you can buy them in outdoor stores. Oh, but okay. in in Japan they are ubiquitous. Like like you, yeah, every yeah, remember, convenience exactly. store. Yeah, that's why because I was using them myself when I visited Hokkaido and stuff. I was I was using yeah. them, but then I completely forgot about them when I left, uh, assuming that this was something you know so typical. But here, no way in Europe or whatever. <laughs> I hoarded them. <laughs> I bought. I have a huge pack of them. And I'll, I, I'll bring you some next time. I didn't know you were into those, and like I'm always oh, like. Yeah. Try to figure out what I can bring back for you from Japan. <laughs> I thought it would be, you know, remember I would send you pictures of um, at Haneda the, uh, the, the the miniature planes, maybe for your kids. Oh. Uh, for your kids, <clears throat> of course. Yeah. <laughs> 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 can say whatever on my shoulder there. <laughs> um, let me play the, the the sound here. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Uh, there you go. They're counting on us. How cool were those two interviews, man? Oh, it was. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm sick of you, Paul, but <laughs> it was such a nice change of pace. It was such an and such interesting perspectives and stories and people. Uh, it was a. It was a real, a real treat to have those two chaps on uh, on board. Yeah, I mean, guys, if you haven't listened to them, because especially Ed's one was released during the holidays, like literally on the 31st of uh, December. Please do, because it's really, I mean, the very different one is really the history of the Concorde and all the trips he's done, and the other is more like um, industry-focused with Hakan, but they were both, I mean, I loved it. We'll, we'll do more. I mean, we, we say that, and then we don't, but we did two in a row. <laughs> two in a row, and I learned a whole heap from both conversations. Yeah. Then, and they're, they're little nuggets and things that I keep regurgitating to people that, uh, and basically anybody that will listen. <laughs> Bus drivers, baristas. Did you know? <laughs> you took it, took, took it by yourself. Yeah, in, took myself on the bus. Into Starbucks and, and somebody would listen at some point. Yeah, that's Look fine. at this old guy rambling over there. I think, the, I think you just defined the podcast. You're just talking to yourself and somebody will listen at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll go to uh, we'll go to many places today. Oh, I need to play the music. I always forget to play the music again. That's for you, as always.
So I don't know where we're going today with the episode because you've been traveling quite a bit. I have a bit less so, but we'll cover everything. So um, well, we'll start with that silly airport game that is everybody has yeah. been doing in the past two months. I think I've seen it like floating around so many times. I think the first time I saw it was from Thrifty Traveler um, at MSP. He posted that, and then a lot of our listeners whom I follow through the uh, layovers account on, 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 on Twitter. Twitter keeps breaking down, by the way. Um, the airport game. So let's, let's do it, because everybody asked us uh, what is uh, our version of their airport game. We never did it on Twitter, so we'll do it live. Um, airport you dislike. Airport I dislike. I had to pull my notes up. I was sat on the, on the sofa a couple of days ago, really concentrating. And I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, Paul, give me homework. I, do I think you know which airport I dislike. I talk about it all the time. Uh, Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sent me that that <laughs> article, and I think it was in one of the British broadsheets lately, and I felt so validated by it. Oh, my God. Yeah, guys, it's behind a paywall because of the Financial Times. I, I don't have the transcript maybe for next time. It's amazing. It's a rambling, full-on rambling for, like, two pages about why... Uh, Barajas is a disaster. I mean, clearly T4S. You can feel that the journalist led at a T4S and got lost in the meanders of the multiple yeah. tunnels under the runway uh, for like 5,000 kilometers to reach the actual airport uh, T4. But yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a strange place because it, it, it should work. And I think maybe it's just that terminal that I don't like because being able to jump on the metro and be in town, it's uh, it, that, that part's great. But because of that Narnia-esque experience, uh, it, it doesn't get any points from me. So, yes, it's an airport I dislike. Yeah, yeah. For me, as you, I mean, you, can, you guessed it, it's not very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, same ID with that tunnel that goes, and it just, it just, it just doesn't work. I, I know I, I, keep, I keep talking about it. I think, I think I've said enough, and I, I'm sure there must be... Look, guys, if there's anyone in the audience loves Frankfurt Airport, please Get reach out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to say, I used to say in the same sentence, I would used to often mention Charles de Gaulle, but as we'll go on later, I mean, maybe you had a different experience. My experience with Charles de Gaulle, like th three weeks ago, yeah, we're recording today, the Thursday, the 16th of February. By the way, guys, you might not go out today because I have a lot of work today and tomorrow. So before the... Before Monday will go out. Um, I used to put it in the not at the same level of bad airport as Frankfurt, but actually, it was, you know, when he works, he works. Yeah. Where, whereas I've never seen really Frankfurt work only once, maybe in all my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a much more intimate relationship with that airport than I do, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but, but I won't look. Look here. Here's the uh, is is the letter from. Um, Lufthansa telling oh, me that <laughs> you have to tell this story because it's hilarious. Yeah, but you know, guys, we said that we're losing our status, and I received a letter from Lufthansa that my um, status with them after years and years and years of being gold, so senator on on Lufthansa, miles and more, um, I'm downgraded because I haven't flown them since basically 2019, right? So I'm downgraded to freaking traveler, which so they don't, you know, they have like freaking traveler with as a basis card, then they have gold, and then they have Hon, which is impossible to get level. Anyway, I knew that, so that's fine, right? Uh, but the way they put it, uh, where's the sentence? Um, yeah, 
Due to the pandemic, travel was severely restricted for a long time. No doubt this affected your travel plans and your ability to earn enough status mile. That's the sentence that comes now. Despite the various options available. <laughs> so, there's, there's like a German China Freud, like, ah, yeah, you lost. And they're kind of smiling at it. Like, I should have taken like, probably yeah. three credit cards with them just to... <laughs> <laughs> So I found it. I found it. I, I thank God. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not crying over losing that that status. But when I read that, I'm like, really? Yeah. You could have said something a bit like less rough. It was fine <laughs> until that last part. <laughs> yes, exactly. Despite all the various options available. Well, I, I, oh, by the way, I didn't tell you. They offer me because that's the thing they do. I can pay for an extra um, a year of uh, senator. Oh. I can buy my way. And uh, they're giving me a discount. So instead of paying 2,000 euros for another year, I could pay 1,400. But look, I'm not going to travel to justify 1,400. Plus, well, I'm going to get, yeah, I'm going to get access to some stuff. But I mean, I know, yeah, no. So sorry, Lufthansa, I'm not going to. I actually met the, uh, the head of uh, loyalty. I should write to him, actually. Uh, <laughs> so the, the airport game continuing. Uh, airport you think is overrated. Dallas-Fort Worth. <laughs> I think but, I, I hear so much about that flipping airport all the time. For, yeah. You know, Fortress American and blah, 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 blah. And it, I just I just think it's not nearly as... It's, it's parts of it are horrible. And it's massive and inconvenient. And I don't like it at all. And I think uh, it's not nearly as good as um, its stature yeah. uh, represents. Yeah, I no, I get it. I was about to say, is it highly rated? Because to be overrated, you have to. But yeah, maybe you're right. I think the way that people, I think that uh, the way that American Airlines loyalists speak about that airport, <laughs> yeah, is like reverential, and I just don't, I just don't buy it. Um, I, yeah. What's interesting I mean, is I, I thought long and hard about this, this one because, I, you know, did I want to be harsh and say is is Changi overrated? Is Dubai overrated? And I just thought, no, <laughs> they're no, just no, they're just good. <laughs> I, I thought I thought the same it was hard for me because Changi because of the carpet, but other than that, and and the security at the gate. But I mean, come on, let's be honest. He's a great airport. Yeah. Uh, same with uh, which one you said, Dubai. Yeah, Dubai is maybe bursting at the seams, but it's still they're making a lot of effort. Yeah. The terminal, the sea gates are have improved a lot. Um, some stuff. I mean, I get it. Um, for me, it would probably be Incheon. Mm. Slightly, as in, it's still very, 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 very good. But usually, it's said in the same breath as um, S Singapore, uh, Hong Kong, Incheon. People always rank these three at the same level, and I find that so. Meaning, don't, don't. It, it's not Beirut, guys, right? <laughs> so Incheon is great. <laughs> However, <clears throat> no disrespect to Beirut. I love that airport, but. You know, as you know, guys, I've been too too nice about it. Um, but it's uh, I find it slightly below, like the the, the layout, the weights. Especially, I, I've I've almost never been to what I think Terminal Two, but the main one when you know Korean and Asiana fly from. Mm -hmm. uh, I it's very good, but it's not as good as people tend to think. And I know that as soon as I say that, and we usually often rank very high in Korea. I'm gonna get like a. You know, because probably they love their airport, but I think it's slightly overrated. Maybe. I've only been there once, uh, 
and I don't really remember. It was just I was was I arriving or trans? I think I was transiting. So yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good point though. That's I hadn't. I wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah, I mean, maybe because I chose one that is already very, very, very good. Uh, then uh, airport you like. So there's two. There's airport you love and airport you like. So let's start with airport you like. Uh, so this got downgraded from love to like, and it's it's London City. Huh. And I've because always, of the recent. Uh... Yeah, I've always been such a huge fan of that airport, and I still am a very big fan of that airport. But ever since they've put up that monstrosity that blocks the views, uh, it's gone from love to like. It's very disappointing. Yeah. But to be honest, I mean, it is such a great little airport. As long as they and they are planning on expanding it, and if they can continue to keep that efficiency and scale, then um, I, I, it's it's a good little airport. Yeah, no, you're right. I will say uh, in that category, I could say many because you know mm -hmm. it's like there's many. I would say, yeah, for the sake of it, maybe. Uh, Narita. <laughs> mm. I know that some people uh, don't because, you know, because Aneda is closer, la, 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 la. I think I'd say it's a potent airport. It's not the best for many reasons. Uh, and I'm not talking about the distance because I think it's okay. But yeah, it's, I like it. I, I Maybe because I've just been there. Like like you at, at, at LCY, you've been so many times. And so you, you feel at home. <laughs> yeah. So um, you may be not impressed anymore. So I, I was never really impressed by Narita anyway. That's not to the point, but yeah. So I would say that. Airport you love. So I, I kind of think I know the answer, but let's see. Oh, do you? Okay, I don't think, I th so I might throw you a curveball here then. Oh, you will probably then. The airport I love is Long Beach. Ha, I've never been. It Why? Is, uh, it, because it's a beautiful old Art Deco terminal that they have done yeah. a fantastic job of maintaining the soul of. Uh, you generally, but not exclusively, walk across the tarmac to your plane, mm -hmm. which I love as well. And they have a a restaurant at the on the upper level of the of the terminal, which overlooks the entire ramp, and yep. also they have an outdoor viewing area. Not yeah. to mention its kind of salubrious surroundings as well. So I just I feel happy every time I'm at that airport. Uh, there are a number of airports that could have fit into that category, but that one is yeah. the one that was, uh, I, I feel the most just relaxed and happy to be there. Um, and it's That's funny. I was, I was obviously expecting that you would say Hong Kong. Well, Out of nostalgia, maybe, but... Maybe I have more curveballs coming for you then. <laughs> I'm very interested to hear your answer to this question. Well, for me, um, I've said it many, many times, and I think I will not change my answer to Zurich. Because that I think it's is really, such a good airport. Yeah, it's really, really well done. It's easy to transfer at. It's the E gates in particular. I love them. The international gates, whatever you want to call them, uh, gates E. There, this is which is a separate building. You have to go under the, the the tarmac to to join it. I just love the architecture. It's minimalist. It, I just it suits me. It just uh, and it's not guys. It's not because it's in Switzerland. Because I could other airports that I that are very good, like Munich is in Germany. Whatever the Doha, whatever. But I really love Zurich because maybe also because it's right size. Even though I love these, you know, almost cruise ship type airports that are so big that you get lost in them. Uh, having a more human sized airport is also nice sometimes. So yeah, and it works. Yeah, it, yeah, well, works. it works exactly. I've you never seen it fail. Probably it is. Again, we have also passports that allow us to make it work. If you have mm -hmm. a, never had the experience of having maybe a passport, it's more difficult to 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 transfer with. But yeah. Um, then, 
airport you feel yourself in i'm not sure if you're going to let me get away with this answer but <laughs> i'm going to say kai tak yeah and of course please good it's fine i mean yeah you grew up there and that's why i feel yeah. like i knew that airport like the back of my hand because yeah. not only did i grow up there and was in and out all the time my father ostensibly ran it but also yeah. when i worked there i had an airside pass and so oh my every God. hallway and nook and cranny and shortcut and restaurant and shop and i just i knew it inside and out i mean it wasn't exactly a big place it wasn't hard to do but i think amplify that with some pretty heavy nostalgia and i and i i feel like it's the place that uh i feel i feel most comfortable if you weren't going to get a, let me get away with that answer then i was actually going to say if i can shock you heathrow yeah well because we live here so probably we we've live been here. there so many times that yeah and it feels like coming home right you, this is the gateway yeah. to to actually really? returning home so but i think kai tak is the is the honest answer it, you know it's funny i i i i i could have answered ethro as the airport i think is overrated <laughs> as in i think you know you, as in yeah. of course depending on the terminal but i think people i've heard also people that say yeah it's one of these big airports because of course it's the aura of like you just said it's the london capital city one of the uh, you know what they call it double alpha cities you know in the big ports of the world uh, it could be much better so something but is it highly rated i don't know but i could have answered um yeah i I would say the airport I feel myself in, I mean, there's many, but of course, recency bias, meaning the last 10 years. So unlike you, I'm going to go for the recency bias. I will say Dubai mm -hmm. because I've been commuting yeah. there so many times, either going there and going next week and or, you know, using them for the past 15 years, almost like 14 years nonstop. So obviously I know this without having, I, I would, I wish I had a pass, but without having backstage access like you do, uh, I, I would have, uh, yeah, I just, I do it. You remember that stupid story I told you that I forgot how I exited the airport because it was, <laughs> well, because I, I probably I know it so well that I don't even think control. about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, so yeah, probably I would say, there's others I could have said, of course, Geneva, my home airport, because maybe I didn't travel, I mean, no, maybe, surely I didn't travel as much as you as, um, as, a, as, a, as a kid, but of course that was my airport. Mm -hmm. So every time I go there, there's also these kind of, home feel the same yeah. that i would feel now in 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 ether of course it has changed there's a new sea gaze and whatever in, in geneva but yeah for me it would be dubai that's recency bias but it would be for probably dubai um i, I cannot say that yet about doha which i fly more out at now but uh, um an airport you need to visit so one you haven't probably well actually doha is the is my yeah, answer well, i've never been i've never been and i and i've heard you i've heard you kind of give its oral history over the life of this po uh, podcast as it's kind of grown and expanded and new facilities have opened, yeah. opened and I, I'm intrigued by it. I don't, I don't know when I'm going to get there. Um, well, you're still on one world, no matter what. So you will end up there at some point when you go to Asia. It could be a, um, you always, it's always an option whenever you yeah. end up going back to Asia. So, um, yeah, because the airline is also good. Yeah, it's a good airport. Um, what I need to visit, hmm. I mean, you just said Long Beach. I could say that actually now, but I didn't think about it, obviously, because now you made me want to visit it. <laughs> <laughs> I love, contrary to what I just said about Zurich, so I love these, maybe because it's a bit like, um, you know, big infrastructure project and whatever. So I love these big airports that I've never been to. So I will say, I'll put, I'll put like two or three here. 
like the big ones in China, like uh, mm -hmm. Daxing, the new the new Beijing. I've been to the other one, but not so it's a PKX, I think. It looks it looks just. I love architecture as well, so it looks just impressive. So I would love to to see that. And there's another one in the Jilin province, CQG. I don't know if it's open already or if it's only being built. It also looks like Daxing. One, you know, one of these almost sorry for my Chinese friend vanity projects. You know, like mm -hmm. it's so beautiful how it looks. So I would I would love to visit these kind of airports, and. Because let's 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 throw something to my because I've not mentioned a single American airport, I will probably want to see the new LaGuardia. Yeah, everybody's raving about it. And yes, people that we're dunking on LaGuardia left, right, and center are, right. are eating humble. Well, I don't think they're eating humble pie. I think they're just generally relieved. But it it's getting very good reviews. Right, and it shows that you can you rehabilitate a terrible airport. Absolutely, right? That's everybody, like like you, like all the people either that I don't know that I just follow or people that I know have been telling me that it's great. And I'm like, first, it's really rare that you hear someone t saying a US airport is great. They'll say it's good, you know? Uh, but so, yeah, I really want to, to visit that one. Yeah, Bless you. Um, you have the cough button Thank on you. so nobody can hear you, but he's actually... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and last question, which was not, I don't know the answer, we'll know at the end, which airport should we have as a title today? I don't know. So maybe it will be JFK T8, which is yes. one of the stories you'll tell us, because uh, it's the new terminal that uh, now British Airways has been moving into. Yeah. Or Charles de Gaulle, I think it's with Charles de Gaulle, because we've both been recently, which terminal have you ter uh, have you gone by? when you? I have absolutely no idea. Is that the round one? T2. Oh, two, yes. One of the two. It of was the a Schengen two. terminal. F. I think it's E and Megan came They're into B. They're one opposite the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking about uh, LaGuardia, actually, have you, have you, have you, have you seen the, um, the story of Ed Parsons' luggage? Mm. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like I told him, it needs to be a Netflix series. <laughs> what? So I think, so he went to the US like you, we'll talk about your travel to the US a bit later, but he went to the US like you, I think also to DC, to Washington. Yeah, we missed each other. No, we were there at the same time, but he was leaving as I was arriving, but we were on the same city. Our, our long-time listener, Elizabeth, who's been on the show with Ed, the episode uh, like in 2020, one of our guests, um, the one you were sadly not with us there, um, she sent me a message like, is there a secret layovers meetup in DC and I'm not aware of it? Like, like she was seeing, I guess, your Instagram stories there plus his. So yeah, so he was there. And then I think he went to New York like you. I think he was the, 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 the routing was similar, but maybe like you said, for a few days off. But his luggage, instead of following him, Arrived at LaGuardia instead of our JFK, I think. Mm -hmm. Stood at LaGuardia for a while and then arrived in Tel Aviv. He oh, arrived back in London and is yeah, yeah. But I mean, he was going. He was going to London. And the, the luggage went to Tel Aviv by itself. But didn't, like, it, didn't it sit in in LaGuardia for ages after he was home? Yeah, and they thought they probably told him, uh, "Yeah, we'll get it back to you." And then it's like he had an air tag. This is how he knew all of this information. And it he's posted on you should go on Twitter and have a look if you haven't already because I think he actually made a thread out of it and it went it went as you said to Tel Aviv and just sat around in Tel Aviv and 
I mean, it went on and on and on. Yeah, did you just have a, did, did, did a coffee just magically appear? Uh, a Cafe Nero coffee just arrived. Mel just brought me one. Man, that's dedication right there. <laughs> and uh, we have a whole kind of motif going on here. <laughs> yeah, because of the blue. Blue hat, blue background, brought to you by Cafe Nero. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, that's the, uh, yeah. Uh, Ed, Ed, yeah actually, Ed was eventually reunited with his bag, I think, a couple of days ago, weeks after he had yeah. left the U.S. But he was also, he was like uh, uh, tagging the, the, the airline. Uh, was it American? Mm-hmm. I, think? I think it was American. I mean, we've heard these stories. I think you retweeted a story about this luggage from United that ended up also with an air tag at someone's place. Yeah, it's an apartment complex. <laughs> and you can see why airlines are like, air tags are dangerous and illegal. Yeah, right, yeah. And they shouldn't be in bags. <laughs> but <laughs> what it's really highlighting is that nothing is as ever straightforward as it seems when it comes to luggage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, There was also like... Um, a story that I saw maybe two weeks ago about a, I don't follow at all, but a poker player, apparently he's pretty famous, I don't know, that during a live stream or, or a, a telecast, whatever, of a poker game in the US, he broke character in a way, because he right. was you know, playing his game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looked and says, do not ever fly Lufthansa, worst airline in the world. Where is my luggage, Lufthansa? <laughs> because he had, he, I think his luggage had been separated from him for like two weeks and in so random places that they would always say, yeah, yeah, we'll follow up. And then you would, you know, they would never send him a text or an email. You had to call again, wait forever on the, on the customer call line. And uh, they either didn't care. He said, I the end, there's one person that seemed to care, but even that didn't solve it. So he went really live. Like you can see he turns like in his head, probably where's the camera? Oh, there it is. You like, he says like, uh, <laughs> like, do not ever fly Lufthansa worst airline in the world. Hey, if you got a platform, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the, I find it worst airline on the planet or whatever. Uh, it's not the worst airline on the planet, no matter the, the letter I got guys. But uh, yeah, that was, these stories are, are still, uh, so do you feel comfortable? I mean, you're not checking in usually your luggage, but would you feel comfortable uh, checking in your luggage if you were to go maybe with your kids? You have no choice. I, 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 we actually, you know what? We just did um, check oh. a bag uh, on our DC, New York trip. Oh, you did. Okay. And of course, I had an air tag in it, and I wasn't uh, expecting to see it. <laughs> I, I had low expectations. I had low expectations. <laughs> but generally, as a rule, and I think you're the same, is I will do anything in my power to avoid having yeah. checking a bag, not just for the lost luggage, but just for the logistical piece of it and having to wait around, and it's just one more thing you've got to do. So I, I really, really, really try and avoid it now more than ever. Yeah, me too. If I can't, if I can avoid it, I think I'll have to do it next uh, week for Dubai because I have to have change of clothes and whatever. And it's just that's also the, the downside. And you're tall as well. Downside of being tall is that the same luggage has to accommodate larger shoes and bigger outfits, yeah, whatever. And if you're going somewhere cold, which is where what we were yeah. doing, then I'm, you know, you're really, you know, stressing the structural integrity of a carry-on. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and some, I mean, if you fly, and if you fly economy, sometimes, you know, you have to be careful about them not wanting to, oh, can you, can we weigh that luggage? No, no, please do not. <laughs> like would sometimes I remember back in the day, I would put my, try to put my feet just under the, the side they didn't see so I could lift it up a little bit. <laughs> That's clever. I'm going to use that. 
That's very clever. <laughs> yeah, if they don't see it, it works. But yeah. Um, um, uh, by the way, uh, Ed, actually, before at the start of this trip, uh, he posted a, a nice tweet to us because he says, is there a layovers effect after talking about upgrades on British Airways on my last flight? I was literally dragged out of my WTP seat and put into a club suite as soon as the doors closed. Thank you. I don't think it's us. I think it's just British Airways being nice to you, but also... Ed, didn't you tell us that you were always regularly upgraded in January every year? And that was That's your what I was upgrade. For this the... is your annual upgrade, Greg. Upgrade, <laughs> Ed. But Ed, yeah, thank you. And he sent us a picture of a champagne glass in front of the window. So yeah, I'm... Ed, I would also like to know what the what the resolution for your yeah bags sojourn was. What recompense are you due, if any? Uh, and what acknowledgement did you get from the airline? Or airlines involved. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I actually, yeah. I, I think what, what I what I told him, I think on Twitter, he should uh, request the the air miles from the oh, trip. Yes, so can... <laughs> the miles with his status. Yeah, exactly. That's, I've done it. Look, my luggage went to LaGuardia, then it went to Tel Aviv, then it went. Yeah, of course you have to. That's and and of course it flew miles. first. The luggage flew first, right? Obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the uh, yeah concerning the second uh, second uh, interview with uh, with uh, Hakan uh, by the way I think Gen told me they loved it but we got a lot of for both a lot of super feedback I don't have the time to because again there's always too many and especially now there's a backlog of feedback since basically uh, the November of stuff that we said in a previous episode where only the two of us up guys I'm not going to have the time but just about Hakan Hakan told us it's a small world he sent us an email because um, one of his neighbors She's called um, Kim from South Africa. And it turns out he's a long time Layovers listener and heard Akan's episode. And uh, it looks like, you, Akan, you were on Layovers? So, uh, we're, so sh- shout out to Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. Um, Thank you for that, listening. That's very cool that you're listening to us. I mean, really, I sometimes I'm still baffled that people actually listen to us and down the road from you, Akan, that you have another... <laughs> It happens more and more when you, I mean, it's not like we have a, a visual medium where people are going to recognize us, but you start talking to a, a fellow passenger and somehow it comes up, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Like and Dan she, and she, our voiling episode. Yeah. <laughs> she said a bunch of, that's what uh, Hakan uh, tells us, Kim said a very uh, bunch of very nice things about the show and mentioned that we turned her into uh, using travel tools uh, like Expert Flyer. So we are useful as well. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then we let forth a nugget of truth. Expert Flyer is still something I still use regularly. Oh, me too. When I, I did the... Oh attache little thing about how to save money booking your flights it's one of the things i mentioned a lot of people hadn't heard about it um the one the one that of all you of all the mentions i mean the rest i mean probably do very similar the one i've been using less than in the past is uh uh, ita so you know the the back end of uh, of google flights I, it still works, but I don't do these very complicated routings anymore. So I rarely find like a better option than a, when I used to do, when we used to do, because it's just you as well, like more complicated routings. Idea was amazing. Yeah. But uh, I still don't for the mixed class fare, there's nothing out there that is, is anywhere close to it. That's, that's, yeah, that's no. for me is it's silver bullet. It's, it's USP, as they say. Silver bullet, silver, silver status as well. That's yeah. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting, uh, 
And since uh, Hakan, just a quick uh, mention, because since Hakan, of course, as you know, guys, is from Turkey, quick mention uh, of the disaster that just yeah. struck Turkey and Sy Syria. If you have the heart, as always, please donate. We don't have any page or whatever. It's not us, but there's so many things, the Red Cross yeah, and everything. So please tragedy. do something because it's, uh, it's really not fun. Um, so where are we? Yeah, uh, one, we got a review on the 1st of January, 2023. So happy new year for us <laughs> by uh, PDG325. That was on, on iTunes, iTunes, so uh, Apple Podcast, five stars from the US. The title is Best Travel Podcast. Thank you. And the uh, description, this is easily the best travel podcast. Paul and Alex share tales of their great flying adventures around the world. Only one problem, we need more. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. <trying>. <laughs> we reached, I mean, it, ha it has happened in the past, but it's not every day, so I wanted to mention it reached number one on the charts uh, in Japan, which is mm. pretty cool. So thank you, Hello, Japan. Japan. I mean, Japan Singapore friends. is always very high, um, the UK and Australia, I think we also ranks often. And so many countries. I think uh, the list in front of me, and I just took a screenshot the other day, I think there was like 30 nine countries where we were like uh, ranking in the top 20 so it's really nice wow. um philip plambeck i think it's it's what's his name on uh, instagram Paplambeck, um he sent us a message yeah he, he was reaching out to us back before covid and i think he started restarted um, uh, traveling and he's catching he was catching up of uh, on the on the pods uh, he changed job he says he changed job last year and he's uh, in germany on a monthly basis enjoying in quotes, BA's Club Europe service. <laughs> and he says that's easily beaten by Lufthansa. But schedules mean they are my first uh, choice. And he, he lets us know and he lets you know that he actually bought, uh, he equipped himself with a called Friedrich Carrion. Oh, good. One of the things I think you mentioned of on. Yeah, on they are attaché. a partner of ours on Attaché. Yeah, attaché. So there you go. So. Thank you. Um, that's really, 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 really kind man to send us this message. And he sent us a picture of, uh, it must be in a lounge where there's nuts, water, champagne, and you can see the said uh, carry-on there. Um, Avi Alex, uh, Alexandra on Instagram, um, loved your Norse story. Oh, good. She, yeah, she, she flew with them. She said she flew with them from LAX to Berlin in premium. And it was just fabulous. She said she originally had a ticket with Swiss from LAX, uh, but because she had booked with United, there was no upgrade options on Swiss.com because it was handled externally, mm. which kind of, that kind of thing always also bugs me. Me too. And, uh, and the thought of being cramped for 13 hours in, in, in economy. And then she checked, like, hey, Norse. And it was actually, I think, what did she say? And I didn't write it down. I think she said the price. It was really cheap. So nice. You know. Greg flew them back uh, from New York uh, when we were all there. Yeah. Um, and he he did the upgrade to premium and was very, very positive about it too, Transatlantic. And yeah. So I, I, I yeah. think that I, ho I hope they don't do what Norwegian did and expand too quickly. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's just me looking at it from an outsider's yeah. ignorant perspective. But. <laughs> <laughs> I like them and I want them to succeed. So, yeah, 
Yeah, me too. I mean, I've, I've, I, I kind of say I like them, but I want them to succeed because we need competition. And I'm, I'm looking forward to to fly them eventually, probably to the US. Actually, could be uh, because the prices are back to being horrendous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, a bipolar bear uh, Glebaz on Twitter said, "My first time listening to you in the air uh, en route to Cancun. Mm -hmm. That was uh, at the end of December for holidays, I guess. So I hope you enjoy that." more Cancun than our show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Anyway, lots of feedback. Thank you, all That's of you guys. Kind, guys. Uh, I'm sorry if we don't mention you, it's just that otherwise I can look, we're already almost 40 minutes into the show now and uh, we just haven't really started the show itself. Before we start our travel, I know, uh, I keep pushing it back, but one thing that we all talked about, of course, is the last 747 was delivered during that delivery flight uh from everett to uh, cincinnati uh, i think it was an atlas air if i'm mm -hmm. not mistaken they did that uh logo of the 747 with the crown on yeah. it it was absolutely wonderful what they did it, it really well done by the way like the lines are perfect uh so that that was that was beautiful maybe just a few words uh, it's not an obituary it's not dead yet right i no. mean it's, the lines are are, are closed but what does it represent to you or whatever you want to share, basically? I, I was a little taken aback at how legitimately emotional I was at, the, at, at it. And I, I posted something on Instagram after I'd reflected on a little bit that it was such a presence in my, in my life and my kind of developing addiction to aviation. <laughs> it was always there. It was the, it was the reliable machine that took me from home to new experiences and back again it was it was always there it was a comforting site it was ubiquitous and again i am talking about it like it's dead but it's not but it was you could be anywhere in the world and there what there would be they'd be there and they would work and they would be comfortable and reliable and reassuring and i think that plus seeing them scream overhead at Hong, at kai tak above my school Nine, you know, every 90 seconds was just cemented in my being, frankly. And, and you know, I've yeah. got the, I've got emotional when I stood on, on board the, the one, uh, uh, the model I have behind me, which was the prototype at Seattle's Museum of Flight. I, I, mm -hmm. I felt it in my chest. That showed, yeah. It was such an important development punt, really, by Boeing. So I have now made it a sort of slight side mission in my, video game of life to go and fly once one more time uh on on a not a, not on an 800 I, I don't know why it doesn't yeah, it's feel not like the soul of the somebody told this sam chewy posted something recently that the 748 is just a dreamliner with four engines uh and the dreamliner is great but i'm talking about a 400 no i get it it's like it's like um how can I? I'm not into cars, as you guys know. I keep saying it. I don't know why, but it's like. Um, so my friend, I was in Athens. I come to that story as well. Um, he's a he's my best friend. He has a. I mean, like we all do at some point, a midlife crisis. I guess I'm not into cars. So I'm not going to have a midlife crisis. But he bought a 1989 911 Porsche oh, Targa. He and I will get on like a house on fire. It's called the Widowmaker yes, it because it handles crazily, yeah. and we went on a ride, and it was freaking amazing. It's like that versus buying a current Porsche, which are also still amazing machines, but you have computers controlling everything. I mean, mm -hmm. of course, you can turn off the, you know, the traction and what, control whatever. And I'm sure I'm, I'm I'm not saying the right words here, and we'll have some people telling me that I'm saying shit. But 
that's the difference. It's still a Porsche, it's still great, but it's not that vintage, in 1989 vintage, we're still alive, man, uh, vintage kind of feel. Whereas, and that's the same, I guess, with the 747. The 748, and I flew it, is amazing, but it's not the same vibe. Everything kind of moves and, you know, shackles mm-hmm. when you take off or when you hear the, you feel actually more than hear the, the front um, a wheel uh, being uh, extended. I mean, yeah, it's not the same. No, it's it's not. It's a it's a it was a strange day for us AV geeks. A lot of mixed emotions. Somebody said I read that somewhere that I'm just going to quote, but I don't know who said it. Nowadays, airplanes are old brain, but a seven four seven had heart. Mm. I think that's it's very nice. Pretty good. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. Um, if I say in the same breath as the airport game, what airline do you first thing out of the gates when I say 747? Is there one airline you associate with? Pan Am. Yeah, me too. It's amazing. It's crazy. Huh? And I've never flown Pan Am. <laughs> yeah, Pan Am. That, as a kid, it's like that logo. I saw pictures. I saw like miniatures. I saw, you know, family yeah. was Pan Am. And I've never flown them. Pan Am. Do you know which was your first 747? Which airline was it? Do you know? World Airways. What is that? I don't even know what this world now is. It's a defunct, uh, I mean, they were mainly a charter operator uh, in the okay. US and um, I was an infant. I don't remember it, obviously. Yeah, yeah of course. I, I know for a fact that it was World Airways. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was Swiss Air, obviously. Had, uh, and that's when we went to the US, probably 1917, 18, 98, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, and again, I'm. I just have like the kind of, you know, hints of memories because, you know, at four or five years old, you mm-hmm. kind of know, but you don't. I know that later on, Swiss Air, when I was flying to Swiss Air, when I flew to the US, it was the MD-11. But back in the day, it was a 747. Uh, yeah. Any other, like, do you have like any one or two flights in particular that you remember particularly fondly for any reason in a, you know, For some inexplicable reason, I have... A memory of flying on British Caledonian. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it was like right in the middle of, from Gatwick. I was on the upper deck because we were flying standby. And I, I just remember that flight being my dad saying, oh, this, you know, they're, they're not going to exist anymore because they've been bought by BA. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're on one of the last flights. And I just remember being upstairs and it being quiet. I was in... Uh, the window seat on the right side of the airplane. And I guess it was sort of like, it wasn't really business class because they, they hadn't sort of come up with that idea yet. But I have very, cle- and I can't have been more than eight, seven or eight. Yeah. But it was, uh, I, I, this the amount of times that I have flown on that airplane back and forth to Hong Kong, yeah, all over the place. Um, I, the other one I remember is, flying on a JAL 747 from Hong Kong to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. That's the one where we flew through the typhoon. We were oh, the last wow. plane to leave Kai Tak before they shut the airport down. Shit. Struck by lightning twice, uh, heavy landing and in Tokyo. And I remember going, and it was like people screaming, stuff was flying everywhere. And I, my dad was, was sitting, I was on the upper deck and he was downstairs. And he, my dad thought, this is it. Oh, wow. And he had cut much. I'm sure I'm embarrassing him by telling him this story, but like a week before he had cut his hand, uh, also on an airplane, 
and he was gripping the seat so tightly he burst his stitches. My dad. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> and Shoot. I remember going up to the flight deck later in the flight uh, because you could do that back then. Yeah. Back and then, yeah. the the first officer was junior. He looked young and he was white as a ghost. <laughs> he looked terrified. That must have been quite something. Wow. It was very it was a very uh and actually, yeah, I mean it it, it caused a lot of uh um not issues for me, but it, a lot of it, it developed into something much, much bigger. But that flight, I will never forget. But hey, it was oh, a 747, so I was actually pretty calm in the moment. I was like, that's fine. This is built for this. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> sake. Wow. You? No, uh, I mean, you just triggered a memory because you mentioned Hong Kong. I, I flew once. I was um, 25 years ago, something. I flew once from Hong Kong to... Amsterdam, KLM. I do remember because it was a kind of dreadful flight because I was stupid, didn't preserve the seat, whatever. I mean, I had no money anyway, but the point was that I was in a middle seat in economy for like this 11 hour and so hours and, you know, it was crazy. But what I remember particularly well, it was a combi, 747 combi, you oh, know, the one that in yeah. the back. So we were pretty much in the, not in the front, but, you know, the back was basically cargo. So you were pretty much so even though you were in economy in the back situa situationally i was still almost over the wing mm. so it was kind of fun i felt like oh look i'm i'm in front in a way <laughs> I was not obviously and i didn't have a window because it was a freaking middle seat but yeah uh, it just triggered it's not my best flight but it was it was fun to be in a combi uh, yeah so i think that's my only time i was in a combi not not many have been had been built no. i think um and uh but yeah my, my, my it's more again maybe recency bias but i have um and i thought i said that in, in past episodes like maybe years ago you know it's been eight years we're doing that uh <clears throat> uh the the northwest 747 from manila to tokyo oh, and back yeah. before they were bought by, by delta i always loved northwest for some reason i don't know why maybe it's just because i was living there and i did these back and forth quite often actually i was lucky enough to be not always, but often in business class or on the, on the top as well, on the second mm. deck, on the upper deck. Uh, there was something about those flights, and uh, yeah, I loved it. I, I, I don't know. I, and then I flew with, when it became Delta, and for some reason, and I know Delta is great, but for some reason it didn't feel the same. Yeah, I think <laughs> you know, there they was repainted the planes or whatever. It didn't feel the same. I, 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 li I really loved those, uh, those uh, Northwest flights. Um, they, they, they have some, I don't know why. And then they would continue to the US. You know, it's one of these flights when they would, it's a stopover, and I, I would not, but I, I, I would love those, man. It was, uh, and yeah, voila. Yeah, there's one flight. Okay. And I mentioned it. It was Thai. I flew from Bangkok to Hong Kong. That was not a very long flight, but it was a 744 where the, the, the crew, as I said, back in the day was as old as the aircraft. Everybody was <laughs> seemed to be 60 years old plus. And I was in first because I'd found this ticket very cheap. That was during the life of this podcast, right? And I, it, it was really the way, the layout, the seats, everything was back from the 60s. Like, you know, like mm. there was this projector in the front oh. with the three colors yeah. that was projecting the map that, you know, when, when the, the shades are up, you basically don't see anything because you know it's a projector in the middle of the day doesn't work the seats themselves the um, where like the, the way you would move them was super old the the, um, the connectors i didn't know what they were for you like I, do we ever had these kind of connectors yeah. in life you know you, you have these things that at some point must have been like state of the art 
and they were vintage you know something goes from state of the art to being oh i don't want to do it anymore to vintage it was that moment mm. it was vintage i was like man i felt so amazing and i love the fact that you could see because 747 i think is the only one because of the layout of the the stairs so i was of course in the nose i was downstairs because of the layout of the stairs you have this weird galley that is instead of being uh, horizontal uh, is vertical you know it follows on the side of the uh, of the stairs yeah. and that's where they would do the and you would see them like prepare the meals at a meal service and i could see them if i just turned around i could see them do that and it felt like uh, very open in a way and it felt like I don't know. This I always felt when I was, and I don't know, maybe because I was a kid. I always felt the planes. Of course, they felt bigger because we were tinier. <laughs> but I felt they were more open in a way. I don't know. There were less barriers. I don't know how to explain this. It felt like the cabins were wide and forever. Whereas mm-hmm. now, when I feel that there are, there's maybe more separations, I don't know if that's true. No, you're right. Yeah, they were definitely felt more cavernous. Yeah, maybe there exactly. maybe it's so, more seats and lower overhead bins or something like bigger overhead bins in modern airliners I don't know that's a good point they definitely felt more yeah. you know open and spacious yeah but you know I was thinking about that in Athens because I was in Athens the day of uh, or I was going back from Athens I was sitting there in my 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 pub a resin it's amazing man this guy used to be a commodity trader in, in, in London or whatever, and moved to Greece, and it's been 30, the guy is in 70s, 34 years, he has a rock bar in the middle of Exarchia, and it's the best bar ever. They're like, they have no age, um, Christos and Betty, and you stay there, and it's the best place in the world. But anyway, point oh, is, I was thinking about that, and I said, how can I describe a 747? And it's more, and I think you will feel the same. It's, uh, of course, you know, there was a sense of place, actually. Um, uh, of course, there was comfort, a certain certainty, like you just mentioned about your your trip, when it was moving around and it was the end of it. But no, it was a certainty, a reassurance, almost solace being in a 747. There was, of course, ante- anticipation as well, because, oh my God, I'm going to be a 747. There's not that many planes when we do that anymore. No. An excitement, eagerness, uh, elation even, I yeah. think I would say. Um, and satisfaction, uh, of course. And you fit in. That's the thing. We fit in in a 747. Even maybe it's a, just a feeling and that's why I think I call it a place more than it's it's a plane I know it's a moving place but it's a it's a it's a place and it changes like you know like uh, I don't know uh, Hong Kong that you grew up in is not the same as today and it won't be the same in 30 years mm-hmm. London where we live today is similar my I don't know I remember like New York in the 80s and 90s is obviously very different from what it is today uh, and of course, the Tokyo I lived in is not the same as it is today, and it's not the same as it will be in 30 years. And, and yet they are. They're still, mm-hmm. you know, Hong Kong, they're still London, they're still Tokyo, they're still Athens, whatever. Like the Alex I met, I met you when I met you? We met in Singapore. Yeah. Singapore, 2009 or yeah, eight. Something like that. I mean, you're undoubtedly very different from the dude back then. At the same time, you still are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what I mean for the 747. And it's, uh, even though it's not produced anymore, like you will be Alex in 30 years, London will be London in 30 years, Tokyo will be Tokyo in 30 years. Well, the, the 747s forever will be the 747. It will forever be, and it's a place. That's, yeah, that was beautiful, well put. So, France, France, we went through France, but you went to Stockholm first. How did you go to Stockholm this time? Norwegian. The actual Norwegian. The actual Norwegian, the, uh, yes, the short haul Norwegian from Gatwick. Uh, and yeah, it, it was uh, cheaper than everybody else. I think the, the, the timings work. Greg and I uh, were both on the same flight, but Greg and I never sit together when we when we travel. Um, yeah, you told us. Yeah. And he, <laughs> it was reasonably empty. So we I think we 
I think we both had three seats to ourselves. Oh wow! Um, and at, we I, we went back to that lounge that I I talked about in the in when when Megan and I had gone a couple of weeks before the My Lounge in uh, in Gatwick with the one with the outdoor area. Mm-hmm. And it's you know what. It's a good little lounge. It's it. The food is whatever. I had my mug of nacho cheese, you know, as a <laughs> machine. <laughs> you know, the, it, it's it's. It was a little faffy to get into because they were training people, but okay. I, you know that is what it is. I never lose patience in situations like that. But it is a good little lounge to uh, to to while away the time because, as we have said, almost since the beginning of covid gatwick is still finding its feet nothing is still open the what's the one the number one lounge they -hmm. were still doing reservation only access but at least i knew that's okay i'm just gonna go across to the other one because i know i can i think i went in on my priority pass um but yeah the norwegian flight was you know inoffensive left (laughs) on time you know it's a very easy and, and short flight and of course we talked about this the last time I did this flight, but Orlando uh, is a little tired from a departure lounge perspective, mm-hmm. but actually arrivals is just like it's just as good as any other um, any other Nordic airport. In fact, the terminal that we came into felt new and and fresh. And yeah, there's one that is a bit newer or maybe has been refurbished. I think. Well, yeah. yeah. And we met we met the, the the least friendly immigration officers I've ever come across in the in the Nordics. Shoot. Yeah, they were. But you know, we were we were in and out of there in, in no time. Yeah. Um, and of course, you just jump on the Arlanda Express, and it's it's easy to get into town. So it's uh, Norwegian are, are are reliable, no frills. They feel slightly more comfortable than EasyJet, uh, who I have I think found new new respect for, but. You know, nice to fly on a 737, 800. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, compared to the U.S., they're just, we don't really have them. If, unless you're flying on Ryanair or Norwegian, you, you, we, all of the European carriers for fairly obvious yeah, reasons. Yeah, K- I think KLM, KLM is the exception. Yeah, KLM, KLM that's has, true. KLM. But I don't know their situation with the 800, but yeah, I think that's, yeah. KLM and, and Transavia, who are a KLM child? I think have uh, have the seven thirty sevens legitimate. Choice? Yeah, well, I don't know. I can Yeah, <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question. But you know, you it's a buy and board situation on Norwegian, and I think I had a cup of coffee, and that's about it. But the menus fairly inoffensive. It, you know, it's it's one of those experiences where you just space out for two hours, and you're in 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 yeah in Sweden, and that you know what these days. What more can you hope for, really, on a short haul like that? Absolutely, man, yeah. Having the three seats, uh, it was kind of a, I don't know, like one o'clock in the afternoon departure on a weekday, so it was never going to be heaving. But having those three seats and a little bit of space to stretch out and uh, the, the the crew were, were friendly and efficient. So, yeah, I think uh, these days, like I say, what more can you ask for? Yeah, I fully agree with you. With the times we're living of all these faffing around if everything goes well you're just happy right? yeah <laughs> plus in europe what else do you want if it's a long haul there's more promise yeah you know for a flight than there's I mean, and i think our expectations are higher um and yeah. you you need 
a little bit more yeah. in terms of amenities and comfort and distraction. Yeah, I mean, there's also more anticipation. There's something more exciting. Maybe it's me talking here, right? I mean, of course, it's me. I'm, I'm it's the, the coffee talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, I had to switch from uh, my cholesterol is bad, so I, I, can't, I can't dairy. So maybe there's more caffeine in these things now. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, uh, <laughs> What was it? Yeah, the there's sometimes maybe also more anticipation when you go to a long cold trip, so you can associate maybe the the, the flight with it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I have um, I have less expectations on a short haul. I'm like, if it works, it works, and yeah. it's fine with it. Which is why I love EasyJet in Europe. Yeah, I, 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 they do work, and I think um, having had that experience of was it Valencia where everything went wrong with. Railing, surprise, surprise. Having the reliability of EasyJet and the, if not the sort of comfort and, um, uh, you know, stress-free situation, predictable. Yeah. Predictable. You know how it works. They they have the boarding process pretty much figured mm -hmm. out. So it, it, you're right. You want it to just work. You want them to be on time. You expect to be elbow to elbow with anybody. And if you're not, then hooray, that's a bonus. But Nor Norwegian kind of delivered that. Yeah, they they did, and it was, yeah. it was it, yeah, it was a perfectly reasonable experience and cheap. Yeah, exactly. This is what you want, actually, yeah, compared to everybody else. So yeah, I mean, Stockholm, you did you did record an episode? I think you mentioned it at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah, we've just released an episode with the, the Stockholm yeah. episode last week. Yeah, sorry, I should have been clearer. Yeah, on Natasha on YouTube, you can see it, and you said you say in this episode, if I'm not mistaken, that is, it's because you went. Yes. With Megan two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever, and whenever we talked about it, that you said, oh, I should do that as an episode. Yeah, it just felt beautiful on camera. Yeah, and it's a nice city. Huh? Yeah, and it, is, it is a nice city, and we, we had a good, uh, good experience there. So, um, Excellent. Easy to film. And then, from Stockholm? So, Megan and I had our first wedding anniversary last, last month. And Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> and decided to meet in Paris um, to nice. celebrate. Um, we have a, an affinity with, with that city now, and it just felt like the right thing to do. And so I had booked a uh, flight on Air France from Arlanda to Charles de Gaulle, and mm -hmm. she had booked a flight on BA from Heathrow to Charles de Gaulle with the, and the idea to meet at Charles de Gaulle, the romantic rendezvous <laughs> in Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> and uh, so that was the idea anyway. But... <laughs> We um did work. It Were you able to make it Ultimately, work? Ultimately, yeah, oh. it was fine actually. Uh, my flight was due to arrive, I think, like forty-five minutes before hers. Um, but actually, I got an email from Air France saying, for a very reasonable amount of money, would you like to go in business class? And it was a very reasonable amount Ooh. of money. And I thought, yeah, you know what? Why not? Let's see what happens. And I have to say, the experience was outstanding. Uh, I yeah. have not flown Air France much at all. I think I flew them once from T4. Do they used to fly to T4? Yeah. Yeah, the, here in London. Yeah, they used yeah. to be T4. Yeah, not anymore. Uh, yeah. I flew them from T4 uh, to Paris to connect to an Etihad flight because it was cheaper. Um, mm -hmm. And that was not great. There was a creeping delay, but there wasn't anything to do with it. Anyway, the experience with them was really, really good. I think I, I can't remember if I told you this, but at the gate uh, at Orlando, I got there very early because um, Greg's fl flight back to Gatwick was about four hours earlier than mine. So I had oh, quite yeah, a long yeah. time at, at uh, Orlando and just tucked myself in a, in a, away in the lounge there, which is 
you know, one of those third-party mediocre lounges that's blah, blah, blah. But when I went down to the gate, there must have been 40 French teenagers, like 13, 14 years old, being herded by exhausting looking teachers they'd obviously been on some kind of school trip and they were not doing anything wrong in the yeah slightest. of course they're just excited, they were excited. And the teenagers they were being yeah. kids and it was you know and there was a little bit of exasperation because they were like yeah. crowding up around the uh, the, yeah, the e-gates gate. yeah wow. and, and i you know i've got I, i've got kids i have almost infinite patience for kids that are just boisterous Plus, we've been kids we've yeah, been that exactly. teenager at some point exactly come on so but i thought uh, you know, it's it's kind of late at night, and they're probably getting tired. This could be a you know a long flight, but I was like, I'm fine. They're not going to be in business. <laughs> but at Arlanda, even on a short haul flight like that, they board front and rear doors. Oh wow! Okay. So they you go through the E gate. Uh, you scan your, like that's all that that happens. You just scan your boarding pass and you get on the airplane. There's no one yeah. checking your your boarding pass or anything like that. And I settled in my seat. I was the last row of business in uh, uh, on the window. And I kept expecting them to come by. And I was like, well, this is weird. We're going to be late if they're not on board. Oh. And then I look back and, they're all, and they said boarding complete. I'm like, what the hell is going on? They can't have offloaded 40 teenagers because we'd be here all night <laughs> with the paperwork and the baggage. And then I was like, oh, they're, they're boarding from the back. And I thought, we back boarded well. really quickly. What a good idea. Wow. Why don't we do this more often? What 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 was it? A 320? It was a 320, 320 yeah. 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 Um and of course they were silent the whole flight and it was great. It was very very easy. Good. And what I I did tell you this part because the pilot came on and gave uh, a, while we were sitting at the gate the, board, the doors mm-hmm. were closed and gave a really long spiel in French that mm-hmm. I I got maybe 50 or 60 percent yeah you i know that you you will not do in front of me because you're british and you want but i know that you speak good french i can understand it better than i can speak it but i i yeah, okay, ostensibly it was like we're going to be late be- moving because we need to de-ice and there's a very specific procedure here and here's what's going to happen um and i thought okay well that that's fine as long as we're not too late uh and then he came on and did the whole thing in english but in british English, like with a completely English accent. BBC English. BBC <laughs> British English. And he introduced himself and he had a very English name. And I thought, how fascinating to have yeah. somebody who is ostensibly British, but speaking obviously flawless French and and, and technical French, uh, flying for the French flag carrier. So I was like, that's mm-hmm. But he described the process in, in glorious detail that we have to shut the engines we have to taxi back to this area shut the mm-hmm. engines down because we can't then ingest the uh the liquid the liquid that they spray on the airplane to de-ice oh wow everything's you know it might smell a bit but don't worry it's it's completely normal it's harmless this is and he wow. did it in such an educational and interesting way that i could see people genuinely sort of nodding their heads going wow that was that was interesting i didn't know that's how it worked and paying attention and paying attention because it was almost because you doze off you're like oh whatever yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah you know and it yeah. was he told it in a sort wow. of infotainment type of way so there was a storytelling that's very good. yeah that's very and good. i learned a lot of, uh, about it and of course being the nordics the process for de-icing was incredibly efficient yeah two of the trucks because they have more than one Gatwick, uh, 
doing both sides of the airplane and then on to the next one. And it was, it was, it was, and he also said, when we, as a result of this, of the icing situation and the, and the atmospheric conditions, when we get to our runway, what we're going to do is put the parking brake on and hoon the engine for a good 30 seconds. This is normal. Don't freak out. So, uh, and then I'm going to release the parking brake and it's going to feel like a very fast car. Like a seven five. Like a seven. Oh God, yes. Like a seven five. <laughs> and I thought, how interesting. I didn't know that was protocol, but of course, build ice building yeah. up on the fan plates. Yeah. Really yeah. interesting. Uh, but the way he just. But then he would explain, explain it. the whole process, and of course, that's, that's exactly amazing. what we did. And I was rubbing my hands, going, <laughs> "I love this feeling." Cause you do it at London City, and it's you know, it's bam, back in your seat, and off you go. Yeah. And then on board, or you know, en route. Yeah. The service was outstanding. Mm-hmm. The food was exquisite. I mean, asterisk on a, for an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. The champagne was great. But just the friendliness and the attentiveness uh, on a short haul product, I I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. Just from, from, from beginning to end on a, what is it, like two and a half hour flight. Yeah. Beautiful views because it was crystal clear all the way through over the the, the nether <clears throat> excuse me the Netherlands and into France and then down at Charles de Gaulle and then you <laughs> this Charles de Gaulle I'm still not I don't not overly familiar with that airport so you so yeah just to context you landed you arrive at 2F because that's a Schengen terminal so Sweden being part of Schengen. And uh, Megan arrived at 2E, which is a non-Schengen. She has to go through passport, passport control. control. I mean, they're not the one in front of each other. I mean, yeah. like opposite each other. So it's very easy them to. Yeah. yeah. And what's <laughs> you you land, and then you go on a country drive. Yes. <laughs> you drive all, and you're turning corners, <laughs> and you're drive. You're I not know. stopping. You're not waiting. You're not faffing. You're you know because yeah. you're, you're you're driving. You're past the runways. You're just driving around. You know. Going around a corner and then up a hill a little bit and then down. This <laughs> <laughs> just exactly that. I was like, and I'm like, we were on time actually. I think we landed early, um, and I, you know, I was, I had internet so I could see. And Megan was telling me I'm, I'm on board. And then when she was in the air, I yeah. could see on flight radar. You know, I've got plenty of time. Um, and eventually we 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 stop and we're at a remote gate and jump on the bus. But even that, like. It, it wasn't a pain in the butt. You get off, and of course, there's no, there's no immigration because, as you said, it, it's Shanghai, and mm-hmm. you're and you're out. And the airport was pretty much dead at that point because it was like quarter to eleven at night. Most oh, all well, the yeah. departing so, flights yeah. from that terminal had gone. Yeah, quick walk yeah. over to T to two F, and I and Megan emerged um, uh, immediately. Well, not me neither. And then you took a, a, a cab? We took a cab, and they tried the standard Parisian taxi cab scam of, oh, yeah, I accept credit cards. Oh, wait, my credit card machine is broken. Yeah, oh my God. I know, man. And then, then, you, then they wonder why I, sometimes I chose Uber or... or and yeah, yeah, anyway. It's, yeah. Uh, that, but, I mean, it's still a standard. I think it's a... It's a fixed... It's a fixed rate. Yeah, fixed rate. And, and yeah. I think yeah. uh, it's it's... 
still the way to go because the RER had stopped running by that point at night. Yeah, yeah. Plus the RER is, uh, I mean, they will eventually, they said, I mean, it's been years now, but they will have, uh, uh, have a TGV, so a yeah. high speed that will connect to the center. Which would make things a little bit easier. The, the RER is, the, 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 this is um, a suburban train line is not the greatest, no. let's be <laughs> frank. No, and especially um, at that so. time of night, even if it was running, I'd probably avoid it. No, I would not take it. Yeah, yeah even if it was running, I would not. So, yeah. you, I mean, Five stars to Air France. Bravo. Good. Bravo. I don't good. have status awesome. with them so that, or anybody in that alliance, so they weren't kissing my butt for no apparent reason. <laughs> it was just good. It was just good. Yeah. I remember the days when I had platinum and, and yeah, no, because I flew. I'll, I'll tell my story in a, in a bit. I hope you enjoyed Paris. Lovely. Yep. Did you meet uh, Emmanuel Macron this Not time? Not this or? time. No, I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> He clearly not oh been God. informed of our arrival, but yeah, no, it was it was good, and we took the Eurostar home. Um, oh yeah, good, yeah, that's that's a very nice option yeah, as well. Yeah, it's yeah. still it's still chaotic, and reading articles, oh. even they say we don't know if we're going to survive, let alone get back to yeah. the service levels that we experienced in the past, which is such yeah, a yeah. shame because yeah, it is a great way of getting to the continent for us here. Yeah, I could get to Amsterdam, Lille, Paris. Yeah. Um, I think I think there are plans even, but yeah. It's depending on their financial situations, yeah. and it's uh, it's a bit sad, but yeah. And apparently, I've 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 heard I've not taken it since the pandemic. Thus, since Brexit, apparently now the the passport procedure at San Pancras of going to the continent is a bit uh, more faffing around, and you need, of course, more um, time in advance because before it was kind of very quick. Even though we were not in Schengen, it was quicker than it is now. Yeah. At some point, you know, the the EU will introduce their uh, equivalent of the ESTA, so the the pre-check form you have to fill online, whatever, and apparently they will require fingerprinting, which will also increase a lot of the, the timings, and yeah. uh, of course at airports as well. But I mean, you can see that St. Pancras, and also let's say, let's be honest, Gardino, were not really designed for long queues to no. check passports they really and security. Not. And, they really, and yeah. they've tried to kind of shoehorn it into the physical yeah. space they have available to them, but it doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to turn off the light that's flashing behind me for no obvious reason. <laughs> All right. Piece of crap. <laughs> as long as it's not burning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you, I also took Air France. But since we're on Air France, again, context, because sometimes I know I repeat myself, we repeat ourselves, and sometimes we also have to be cognizant that there are new listeners that have not heard episodes from 2016 or something. So, you know, sorry if it's a repeat. Um, I used to fly a lot to Air France uh, when I was living in Japan. That's the way I was going back to to Europe from uh, Tokyo to Charles de Gaulle, E, and then I would uh, transfer to, to F and fly to Geneva because that was the, within Schengen. Uh, so I was platinum and everything. I always kind of enjoy them, uh, but I haven't flown them for a while. I know quick... Um, update for those who fly want to fly Air France they are ju they've just released their new business class seats on the I think on the triple seven yeah on the triple seven uh they have the door because they you know they're made by Safran which is of course a French company so they they um, they're keeping with their the French guillotine tradition because that door has a button and apparently the door I mean there's, there's small videos online you can find as soon as you press the button it slams shut Donk, donk. And it's a guillotine, basically. So if you, no, I'm, I'm kidding, obviously, but apparently it's, you know, compared to all the doors in, in other airlines, probably BA Club Suite, Virgin, which I haven't done, or, you know, 
WQ suite. They're more like, you know, the clothes off normally, or you have to do it manually yourself. This one has a button with probably some springs to kind of shut it, but really, man. It's like the tray table on A&A in business class. Yeah, it's, it's a guillotine. Mm. So uh, if, you, if you guys, if you've flown it, just let us know if you, your foot has been severed by the door, if you're tall. <laughs> and apparently it's also, if you're in front, so if you're in the seat in front of the person behind you is shutting his or her door off, you're probably going to feel the same way at that flight 747 from Hong Kong in a typhoon because apparently oh, the entire, really? <laughs> entire frame of the seat in front is moving. I'm exaggerating for the point, guys, but yeah, it's fun. Uh, they look good, however. They do look like a very good um, uh, seat. So uh, back to Air France, Air France. I do a flu. So Paolo, good friend of mine, we spent New Year's Eve together. I remember, guys, I told you I had no electricity until pretty late, and then the electricity went back. When the electricity went back, one of the first thing I did, and Paolo, now you'll understand why I had a laptop on my lap at around 9 p.m., I was like, um shoot, I'm losing 45,000 miles on SkyTeam. So Flying Blue, which is a France KLM program, because I haven't flown them at all. The rule is if you fly once per year, you keep your miles, right? No matter the status. And I haven't flown them and it's the 31st of December. And I knew it was coming, but I, mean, I couldn't find a reason to fly them. Uh, back in the day, I would probably have, but I'm like, why? So I'm like, I need, I'm not gonna lose them. I want to use those. So I needed to go to Athens to sort out, you know, bank accounts and stuff like admin stuff, not fun stuff, but I needed to sort them out. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to book like a block of dates a week. Uh, I was looking, that's what I was doing, Paolo. I was looking at, you know, to, to make, make it this 45,000 to make them fit into something so I don't lose or I don't, you know, end up having to pay with a mix of cash. And I found a week and I said, you know what, at least I cannot cancel because if I cancel that uh, flight, I didn't know if I would be even available, but if I cancel that flight, my miles are not getting returned because they were ending, but I can still move move them around. So I can always push them back to April, whatever. So it comes like 10 days later, I'm saying, you know what, actually I can go, so I'm just going to use those. But of course, going to Athens, it's a bit silly to do, but I mean, why not? I did London, Charles de Gaulle, Charles de Gaulle, <laughs> Athens, and the same back. Uh, why not? It was fun. But I, I, I had the same, uh, man, the same experience as you. I mean, so first it was T3, which is very new because pre-pandemic, uh, like you said yourself, the Sky Team uh, airlines were at T4. They decided not to go back. Actually, the Sky Team lounge and everything is completely shut down and dismantled. So they, it's really a proof that they're not going to come back. They haven't built, however, a Sky Team lounge at uh, T3. So you, you are going to the Club Aspire. Mm-hmm. Which uh, we said that the, the logo of the club Aspire is a ripoff of Cathay Pacific, man. Right? Yeah, they didn't do a whole lot of work no. on that one. The intern just uh, do something that looks like a premium something about flying. <laughs> oh, Cathay Pacific looks the same. Um, it's 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 tiny though. I mean, it's great, but it's tiny. I was lucky to find a seat uh, because it's ramped. Because of course, it's one of the third-party lounge. Which, by the way, I didn't realize. Number one, an Aspire are basically both owned by Swiss Sport. So basically they, they compete. Oh, yeah. So I guess what they did, they did like multiple tier of type of lounges and they own all of them basically. <laughs> so there mm. you go. That's actually pretty smart. Premium Plaza, I think is from Hong Kong, right? Originally I was saying, uh, mm. so that's different. But anyway, nice uh, enough lounge um, waiting for my uh, T3 flight. Honestly, T3 
And that's where I was going earlier, this Ethro overrated airport. T3 is really showing its age, man. More yeah. and more, maybe, I don't know, I, the more I'm like, this is really an old terminal now. Um, not really nice. Anyway, uh, the flight was very short to Paris, obviously, because it's like uh, an actual time. It's probably 40 minutes. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but I was a very 319, very nice. But, you know, you go up and as soon as you're up, like, hey, uh, yeah, I booked in because I wanted to use a miles. I booked in business class. Why not? Which in Europe, of course, is just a seat free next to you. But I was in that's the only flight I was able to have the, the the front row. Yeah, by the time you get champagne, which you said it's actual champagne because it's France, please. Mm -hmm. It's not a sparkling wine, it's actually champagne. Um, by the time they give you the champagne, basically the flight is already going on descent to, to go to Charles de Gaulle. So it's really, you know, super quick. That was, that was nice, actually. That was uh, the, the flight crew. I mean, I speak French, maybe they changed the dynamics. I'm very happy to have heard that you said that you had a good time. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, I stayed because that was a quirk of my <laughs> stupid me. That was the quirk of my of my my ability to find these very low miles business class to Athens. I had to stay overnight in Charles de Gaulle, so I stayed at a hotel there with with points. So basically, my whole thing was basically bankrupting my different accounts with points of Sheraton, <laughs> which is very which is actually exactly between two E and two F. The ones you when you met basically Megan uh, in in Paris. Yeah, I saw the signs for it. Honestly, the. The passport control was very nice. I mean, I don't have a British passport, so but it doesn't really change anything because the lines were both empty. I guess maybe because I was in business by the time, but it was three nineteen, so it must have been pretty fast. Yeah. Then I was in, I was through. I didn't have check-in luggage. I just uh, actually, it's very interesting. Maybe you noticed that, but Alphonse was like, you know, especially post-pandemic, I'm checking what is allowed in the cabin in terms of size of luggage, and mm -hmm. I basically have the right of two carry-ons in business with Air France. Wow. Because the size of two, they say two plus one. So, the, you know, the plus one is a laptop or a small bag. Yeah, something that goes under your seat. But the two, the first is literally the size of a usual carry-on. And the second one is a different of five centimeters. So basically it's a carry-on minus, but it's still a carry-on. So I, I almost had two carry-ons with me. And, you know, I go to the airport feeling like, like a criminal. Like they will never allow me to get with mm. two big bags. No, it was fine. They, they business wow. didn't care. I still went, you know, early in the in the queue because I said, you know, three nineteen. I don't want to fight for the for the overhead, even yeah. though in business it was never an issue. Anyway, uh, I spent the night there. It was really really nice at the Sheraton because he has it has some views on the tarmac. Uh, you can see the the, the, the birds uh, either side, so you're either two E two F. Uh, the the view, so it's pretty nice. Nothing extra. Nice. It's probably not JFK at uh, TWA Hotel, right? But it's still it's oh, still nice. You have yeah. some views. What is? And then the next morning, I fly to Athens. Uh, it's very early. Uh, I want also to go very early. This one is at 2F, so the, the Schengen terminal, obviously, because I'm already now in Schengen, being in France. As soon as I arrive in 2F, I see oh, there's a fast track. They call it you know priority sky priority number one. So I go there. I'm literally the only one, so I could have gone anywhere. It was super fast. They don't have the new machine, so you still have to put everything out. Uh, but that's fine. And what I wanted to do, that was my only real shot to do, they have this brand new uh, lounge at 2F. So I remember back in the day when I was doing these trips from Japan, 2F has these weird piers, two piers, and the lounges were at the very end of the piers, like on a, you had to go steps down. So it was kind of, it was not underground, but it was on the level of the of the tarmac. 
-hmm. with no real i mean you had some views you, you'd see some some aircraft it was they were very cramped very old i mean of course i feel some nostalgia because i used to go there a lot but that new lounge holy cow so they added they bolted a new between the piers they bolted a new bit of the building I remember seeing it built back in 2018 when, and I guess they were late because of the pandemic. Holy cow, there's like two floors. And that's why I wanted to be super early. I arrived at 6 a.m. and my flight was not before 9.55 or something. I said, I want to see mm -hmm. that lounge without having too many people. And my, man, you arrived at a huge ground staircase that goes from down to up. There's like mm -hmm. croissant and pain au chocolat everywhere. Well, welcome to France. That's where we should have met, Alex, who have a croissant together. And that loud. <laughs> yeah. And coffee machines. Now, honestly, it's very well designed, very airy, very large. And the, the windows, it's like a... The windows, they all have, as if, you know, you know what's, what's this connected lights? Philips Hue, you know, they would have like Philips mm. Hue all over the place. It would change subtly color every few minutes. And it went from white to blue to red. It gave like this hue. It's very, 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 very well done. You enter by just scanning your boarding pass. There's, of course, somebody to help. Like it was, like it's in Turkey for Istanbul, another opportunity to visit. Mm. Like you don't have to yeah. faff around. You just... Scan, you're in. For me, I didn't have any status, but I had business class. That was it. I was in. And I was right to arrive super early because even that one felt cramped by the time I was leaving. That's interesting. And it's huge. It's uh, I think it's 3,000 square meters. Wow. There's almost 600 seats. And it felt busy when I left. So meaning they were right to build one because evidently I went upstairs because I said, you know, people kind of default to what they see first. I'm like, if I go upstairs, it'll be less people. And I was right. But then at some point, even that became busy because probably there weren't no more uh, seat downstairs. But really, it's the largest uh, Air France lounge they have in the world. It's really amazing. There's another lounge I would qualify for those who fly the lounge at 2E, so the non-Schengen in the L gates, because there's like multiple gates systems there. Mm -hmm. It's very good, but that's probably the best. The, the one I'm just mentioning, the 2F, is the best lounge, Air France lounge I've ever seen. It's probably one of the top 10 lounges in the world I've seen. Wow. Yeah, it's really that good. All tables have a USB-A thing, you know, like super, very well, like, you know how the French can be good at design? It looks super nice and there's nothing in your face. It's nothing, oh, we forgot to put the USB, so let's have something ugly. Like everything is well hidden, but you have power. Every because at first I'm like, oh, where's the power? And there's power and literally in every single seat, every single mm -hmm. table, there's multiple powers hidden. You have plugs. It's, no, honestly, man, it's, uh, it's really, really, there's, a, yeah, there's, I forgot, there's a spa. There's a bar. There's a bistro. Wow. It wasn't open by then because in the bistro, you know, it's for lunch, right? It's for, for déjeuner. <laughs> It wasn't open back then, but apparently it's great. There's a detox bar, whatever. I mean, you know, it was 6 a.m., so I was uh, just having a coffee. Oh, there's also beds. Yeah, so you can probably sleep for a little while. It's not open during the night because, you know, there's no flights. But you can also probably, uh, you can curtain them off, you know. and Oh, like in the Cathay Lounge. Yeah, home. exactly. So it's it's really, really, really nice. The uh, Then uh, bus. I hate buses. I know you just said it was fine, but... I'm not... Oh, boarding, I don't... Yeah. It was really funny because your story reminded me of that because, you know, there's four sets, uh, two sets of uh, of runways. Uh, so there's four runways at Charlotte Gold. So, of course, if you're ever the north ones and you have to go south, you know, that's where you travel, 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 travel. Mm -hmm. I felt like that in the bus. I probably stayed in the bus for... 15 minutes going wow. around. So it was great for the views, by the way, all these birds, you know. You, you see first the Air France, and then, oh, American, and oh, wow, Qantas, and oh, and you'll see all, all the, it's a grand airport. But 
actually where the gates were were not that far so the, the sorry the stand where the stands were were not that far from where we left from but we had to do this all round to avoid all basically you know ongoing traffic and everything so it took 15 minutes to do like a big loop to arrive at these uh, remote gates remote stands and um, yeah that was fine another 319 I was like, oh my God, cramped, completely cramped. All the 319, I flew all 319, these flights, they were all from like 1999 or 2000. So they're pretty old. Yeah, they're working hard, those planes. It takes forever to board because it was cramped and people, you know, fight for the overhead space, but it was really nice. And the captain also had to explain to us, we had to de-heist. And I was like, I was like, there's no snow, but probably because we were early. It's been sitting overnight. I thought that was my assumption. But apparently the flight had been coming from a Nordic country before the previous uh, flight. So that bird had been in a... So the regulation meant that we had to de-ice. Oh, that's interesting. And whilst the operation is not probably as good as the one you, uh, you witnessed, it's um, just before the runway, before you get into the runway, there's a spot... There's also four machines, or two come to you, of course. So there's space for two, I guess, two birds at the same time. Heathrow, Gatwick, as you can, you know, Paris doesn't have that much snow, and they have that. And they de-iced. There was no explanation like the one you had, but it was still fun to see. You know, you see, I, I love that. No, I do too. And then off off we went. It, it was really a, a really nice flight. Like exactly what you said, I was, I was rem I was reminded of how good the service is on Air France. Uh, and I hadn't really flown a lot of short haul. I mean, Athens is three hours, can you short haul ish? Uh, I used to fly long haul with them. It's really, really good. I mean, the food was obviously excellent. That's French. Like you said, the champagne was very good. But the, the service was very warm, very attentive, looking right into your eyes. The right. I mean, I really, really liked it a lot. It's made me want to look at Air France as a. Uh, as a way of getting south and east mm -hmm. from here. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. No, it really... Uh, and the uh, it was funny, one anecdote. There was... It happened on all my flights, but not the, not the London ones, the, the big ones, so big. The Athens to Paris and back. During the flight, like in the two-thirds of the flight, you would see the pursuer. I don't know what's the chef de cabine, I guess. What's the name? I don't know, Dave. They call it PNC, Personnel Navigant something bcn pnc anyway uh, the head was going around in business class and basically selling the flying blue program and she was she the two times i think i had an ipad it was very clever because it was not one of these you know heavy selling like uh yeah you gotta go and sign up to the credit card now it's just yeah, yeah, very yeah. subtle and literally i think the conversion rate the first i was kind of baffled that out of let's say five rows, so five you were like uh, five by four, so see like twenty people, like probably a good third didn't have any idea of a mile system. Like you're in business class and you're not getting any miles. Yeah. I'm not being dismissive. I'm just saying I was surprised. You know, uh, maybe because the, the kind of people that travel now are less corporate, are more like leisure and they don't have any idea. Maybe they're making themselves a treat by traveling business class. But the, our hit rate. The conversion rate was probably almost 100%. Everybody was like, oh, of course, I'm going to sign up. Wow. To uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're only getting miles. They don't, they don't force you to a credit card or something. Mm -hmm. So, and because she had the iPad, the sign-on was happening on the flight. There was no yeah, like a yeah. promise. Oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll fill the form later. Very good idea. Uh, it was interesting to see, and it was really well 
practice and the person who came up with a sales pitch was very well done and i heard it both in english and in french and it was like i'm like wow kudos it's not in your face it's um yeah i would i would do that so they understood wow yeah, great um and then you know athens uh, airport i love especially in schengen the same experience you had when you you you're out in three minutes and you're like it almost feels like cheating yes yes very much so right you're like did i miss a step but am i gonna get tackled why didn't ask me for my passport <laughs> yeah <laughs> So it was great. Then, of course, Athens was was fantastic. Uh, I was staying. I was staying next to the place that appears on your uh, Athens attaché episode, the ice cream parlor, obviously, because that's where my flat is. So very, very close. <laughs> Such a good place. The return was great. Athens airport again. It's one of these airports I like. I could have said in our game we did earlier. It's. Um, I felt for the first time post pandemic. I felt that I got my mojo back at security mm. because it felt for me I was still kind of rusty all these other times I went to security like sometimes like Shh, oh fuck I forgot this where did I put it like I had you know maybe like you do as well I have my backpack and exactly where the things are that I need to put out and it's like almost like a yes and I kind of lost that rhythm yeah oh that's understandable isn't it that muscle memory is gone yeah and that was the first time I was in Athens and I did it even without thinking and then I, I'm past security and I'm like oh that was quick. I did everything right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Finally, it's back. <laughs> it's back. I have to think about it. <laughs> um, lounge, third-party lounge. I think it's called Gold Air. It's nothing to write home about. But I, in my memory, I think they had a Sky Team had a lounge there, but maybe I'm, I'm mistaken. Anyway, it was good. Again, flight was rammed. Again, 319. Uh, but that time, I got a free seat next to me, which is nice because uh, all, these, all the flights before the first one, I was in two, which means with my height, you know, staying upright is a bit. So I like to kind of expand on, on mm -hmm. the three rows. Of course, when there's someone, I try not to be like the, you know, the, the guy that opens his leg to a massive extent. But that I was like, oh my god, super! There's no one, so I could. I was basically almost taking the f full three seats for me. So that was very nice for a flight that is low, so three hours. Um, so yeah, it was it was absolutely great. There is a. I saw a sign of Wi-Fi. So some of these aircrafts, although they are from the 2000s or end of the 90s they've been retrofitted with wi-fi but never mm. it worked not that i cared because i downloaded stuff i just wanted to mention uh, it's nice that they have and yeah. um and what else oh yeah switching terminals at paris so I'm from 2f to 2e which is to go back to london you have to go through a non-schengen terminal and um that fast track man so at 2e there was a fast track the K gates because it's KL, which always makes me funny because I think it was written in the stars that Air France and KLM will be together because at 2E the gates are, are called KLM. So yeah, uh, I was at K. The fast track was the biggest disaster ever, man. I mean, and it was sky priority number one. So supposedly the fast track, the, the nice one, and my mm -hmm. God, the disaster that it's mm. badly built. So you know the you know how when the these, these things where you put your, your trays are is too short, so you don't really have time to prepare. So people are all behind trying to already remove their belts yeah. and whatever, and they're faffing around and it's it's a mess. People are all over each other and you're like, what the hell is going on? And that's when obviously the only time in all those flights that my bag got, oh, sidetrack, we need to recheck it. Mm -hmm. Only that there were probably 18 bags before mine. Thank God I was early, but 18 bags before mine and... Um, yeah, uh, I think it took like 30 minutes for my bag to be checked. Oof. I mean, I got in, I got actually got a seat. 
And it's not maybe their fault. It's the way it's designed and they may be the understaffed, but you're like, what the hell? She was very mm. nice when she ended up at Romeo back. You know, I'm not, I'm a nice guy. So I'd say, oh, tough luck today. Uh, Ease her into liking me. Like, please like mm -hmm. me, don't overdo it. Yeah. And the, the worst was that it was a random check. Oh no. <laughs> I, I said, so what's in the bag that I forgot? He's like, no, no, it's one of these. And I'm like, oh my God, anyway. So yeah, and uh, and then uh, flight again, uh, short haul, three nineteen again, all throughout, and that was my probably my last word. All throughout the uh, the the crew was a standout. The crew was a standout. It's interesting. So it's not an anomaly. It was consistent for both of yeah, us. Yeah, it was consistent. I mean, of course, probably the one you get acquainted more with the one with the longer flight, the one from London. You say hi, you speak two minutes, and then basically you're already in London or on the yeah. opposite. But yeah, they were really, really, really nice, honestly. And each time the captain on the, the Athens flight came out and greeted us at the exit to say goodbye, thank you for flying. Wow. So it was kind of nice, honestly. I don't know, there's something. So they have come out of the pandemic, it seems, with a newfound joie de vivre. <laughs> no, but honestly, I, 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 you know, there's these things, we, we keep mentioning it, that, uh, you know, now that our statuses are getting lost in the ether of uh, the jet fuels <laughs> that we, that allows us to try other stuff well like you I'm like oh this is nice should i fly that more yeah. it's it's nice to to have options options yeah anyway there was a no it was fantastic i've i forgot i know one of the crew was called alex alexia 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 as, as alexia is a greek way to say it, but she's clearly not greek so alexia another was 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 François. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, I wish I wrote. I wrote a nice note to Air France afterwards, saying they were really. They kind of went, you know, above and beyond. Yeah, it's it's important for such short flights. They don't yeah. really have to, but you just made it everything nice. And the champagne is great. I mean, of course, that's, uh, <laughs> the champagne is great. And you know how this. Uh, that's only the only place besides that on New Year's Eve when I drink champagne. But I really love that that one. Anyway, so after. Missing each other in Paris. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to disrupt your uh, one-year anniversary. It would have been a bit weird anyway. Uh, oh, there's Paul. <laughs> you went to the US. Uh, I think, so we mentioned at the top that DC, you tagged along with Ed, but not really. And uh, and then, I'm basing that on, on your Instagram stories, I guess you went to New York afterwards, right? Yeah. So go on. How was that? Who did you fly with? Well, yeah. So we, I went to DC for work for multiple layers of work, um, and I, we, I booked us on BA initially on a on an A three eighty, and I was excited. Ooh. I was really excited to get back on a three eighty. Had been ages, I mean years, because of the pandemic. And I thought, I'm excited. I'm, I I got us to. Uh, Megan and and I have seats upstairs. Nice twos with the stand. I was like, you know what? I like that cabin. I'm excited. Greg went on Iceland Air because he initially had to come back uh, on Saturday, which meant all of the major carriers were not an option because it would yeah. have been thousands and thousands and thousands. Yeah. So he went on Iceland Air via Keflavik, and he had a upgrade. Um, I think actually the whole way and was very, very complimentary about it uh, the whole way. And it was a, it was a max eight, but uh, for both legs. Yeah. And he said that the, there was hardly anybody in the cabin, but the food was outstanding. Nice. The service was really good. The seat was comfortable. And it's a, it, you know, it's a 
regional business class product because it's a narrow body. It's yeah. nothing like JetBlue or anything like that. But he was very, very complimentary. And, and it was a very reasonable price to do the, not just the base fare to get to, to DC, but also, um, also to to um upgrade and i was worried because when i and i'll get to our flights in a second when we had landed in dc i pulled up to see uh, flight radar to see where his flight was mm-hmm. and i was like i assumed he was going to be on a 76 or a 75 i even or maybe have iceland air retired this anyway i assumed they would be on a 76 because it's like six hours from from keflavik to dc yeah and i saw it and i was like He's had to go six hours in a 737. I did not know he had upgraded at this point. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, he's going to be just beat at the by the time he gets here. But actually, no, he said it was a very, very good experience. So that's like another... He said the, the, the uh, layover, as brief as it was in, in Keflavik, was very easy because like Zurich and many of the other Nordic airports... Helsinki, they have it down to an art. Yeah. So I was, I was impressed by that, and it's very tempting next time I go to the East Coast to to try that. But when I, the night before we were due to fly, I got an email. Actually, you know what? I didn't get an email because it's BA. <laughs> I went to look on our on our seats to see if probably I got the email by mistake. Yeah, you got the email in Spanish. In Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I joke about that, but I'm going to tell you something that's yeah, not, that actually happened. Um, I went to do online check-in the night before, and it was like our seat number had changed by like 40. It had gone what? from like 72 because you're on the upper yeah, deck yeah. and it's got and and it was now 30. And I was like, "What? Have I been upgraded? No, they've just changed the goddamn airplane." <laughs> and we were on separate booking bookings, Megan and I. Um. And so they had moved us to like I think the second or third row of economy on a on a seven eight nine, and I I was disappointed not because I dislike yeah of the Dreamliner I like the Dreamliner yeah. but it's all I've flown yeah it's all I have yeah, flown for the last three years and I was excited to get back and I like the three eighty very much uh, so I rearranged our seats and they. The goal, one of the gold perks on BA is they block the seat next to you yeah. if capacity allows, and sure enough, they did. And the we had we were checking a bag because um, Megan's sole intent in the in the U.S. was to shop. Um, good, good. And actually, good she visit, visits the museum. She's a of total course. art gallery fiend, so she did that as well. But we wanted to bring some stuff back. As did I. So we checked a bag at the first class. Uh, wing at B and T five and the very easy process. A very nice lady um, took care of it and into the the first lounge, which is continues to get better and better. Uh, okay. Just or back to what I, and I think they're lucky because of the fog of war. I can't remember if it's just back the way it used to be or if it's actually getting better. <laughs> but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt okay. and say it's getting better. And we sat. You, you'll know this, but if, you, if you're if you familiar with that lounge, as you come in, immediately to the right, there's some yeah. floating chairs, yes. if you will, either not sofas or bolted to the floor. Right by the window, the sun was pouring in and mm-hmm. was just calling to us. So we sat there, had a cup of coffee and bacon sandwich. And uh, we weren't there for that long because we were at a B gate. Um, but the food was 
was good and fresh and and tasty. The coffee seems to get better and better as well. They're definitely figuring that out. The oh, hard good. product on BA, both in the air and on the ground, they, they seem to be cracking that nut. By the way, the, the reason our airplane was swapped is, from what I then researched, BA are having real dispatch dispatch reliability issues mm. with the 380s. Because you forget there aren't actually that many of them. There's only, I think, 11. For a BA, you mean? That are operational in the fleet. Some are still parked. I think there's Some only one parked. parked. I think they had 12, and I think 10 or 11 are in the air or something. And they're having real problems, not from a kind of aeronautical perspective, mm -hmm. i.e. it's it's the, there's too many business class seats inoperable, yeah. and so we can't do this. We're going to take it over. Which I think speaks volumes to the Dreamliner as well that it's that is doing that. But we all we walked to the B gates. Yeah, but probably the Dreamliner is also more recent, so it helped probably a bit it's, as well. It's more recent. It doesn't have the suites, um, which apparently are causing some issues okay. because the the and it doesn't have simply doesn't have the the number of seats yeah, to exactly. maintain absolutely and keep, keep up that a that a, and we've touched on this in yeah, the past yeah. that a three eighty does. Um, But we walked down to the B gates and the underground tunnel at uh, at Heathrow, which is just by far still the way to go. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we were B gates, Dreamliner, and the flight was clearly not going to be completely full. But the boarding process, and this is where BA really still is struggling. It, I, while you were telling the Air France story, I was thinking about this. It feels like Air France have benefited from a massive post-pandemic hiring drive. And they have done a really good job of disseminating and, and teaching the culture that they were aspiring to. I agree. What they have actually done. I agree. It didn't, for me, it didn't feel for me that I used to fly. And I have, I have over the years flown here and here, a little bit of France, like here and here. Like, to, yeah. like I said, at some point to requalify for that Sky Team thing once a year. Yeah. It seems no different. They probably took an effort from them to keep that no difference that I feel. Yeah. Because now that you say it, because at the at point I was like, yeah, I know that they're good. Yeah. But even on the ground at Charles de Gaulle, which is, you know, they're, of course, it's Air France, but it's also your ground. That was really at the gate, I yeah. mean, right? Really good. The, the and, and the reason I'm thinking this is because the soft product, or the people, frankly, yeah, yeah, the people, at, yeah. at BA, That is the massive inconsistency. And I think it was letting a bunch of seasoned veterans go during the pandemic. Yeah. And that was a decision. You mentioned, you, you used the term, there's no memory, basically, no, I think. No, there isn't any memory, and nor did they do what I Yeah, am. the effort of training towards that aspiration. Aspiration, yeah, exactly. Not just minimal standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, agree. I don't... I'll, I'll pick this fight as long as I'm drawing breath. I think Brexit has massively contributed to this because oh, you have course. you have you have drastically reduced the available talent pool. Though, though I mean, BA also did, uh, like you said, uh, restructure, so fired yeah. a few, few people, and they have now bases. Well, let's see how it is in a, a, in a year time because yeah. now they have opened these bases in Madrid uh, for short haul operations to actually catch those. Yeah. EU um, uh, hires, so let's see. But I think as long as they don't, to, 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 to hammer your point down, as, as long as they don't seem to be pushing for 
some cohesiveness in the the experience, experience. in the, that culture, the expression of that culture. Yeah. Because we, we know what we think when we think BA, but the expression of that culture is not there. It doesn't, and I haven't, as you know, guys, I haven't flown BA nearly as much as you have since the pandemic is over. I mean, post pandemic. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was always something that I felt before, but before probably BA was saved is maybe a, an overstatement by the yeah. fact that they had all these senior people that have been around for so long that they knew it. They just knew it was part of their persona to do it. You know, yeah. the management didn't have to tell them to express the culture. It was just there because yeah. they had done it for 30 years and now maybe not yeah. anymore. And I don't think that they did a good job of, of distilling what made BA different because they've gone through so many leadership changes. Yeah. Oh, so obviously. Yeah, no, sorry. I thought, I thought corporate culture yeah. changes and I don't think that there's, that it's a differentiator anymore. And you, and, and you felt it in the experience of the boarding process was shambolic. <laughs> um, and there was a, a guy who was in one F uh, mm -hmm. and with his, his executive club gold bag tags on everything he owned. Um, and he was rude and abrasive. Oh um, God. To, to to us fellow passengers with massive do you know don't you know who I am syndrome yeah main main character yeah just a jerk a jerk and it just it ratcheted up the tension in an already tense yeah situation Process, um, yeah. and you know you, you get on board and we had the seat in front of uh, between us and the, the flight was it was it was it was fine and everybody knows my feeling about that word. <laughs> <laughs> the food was edible, except the portions are microscopic. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, and, but the, it's the service. It's the service. It, it wasn't unfriendly or rude or abrasive. It just, there was nothing. There was no connection. Nothing. They still aren't doing the the thing that, that we spent a long time talking about with Ed, the, yeah. the, the name recognition. I've kind of, I've gotten over that. It just, I don't know. There was there wasn't any type of chemistry or anything, and you, you you know looking around there was you know it wasn't happening. It wasn't just me that they were dunking on. You, it was everybody. You know now what did you mention? Because of I mean we started with that kind of center comparison with Air France because we both did it recently. I lost my platinum status with Air France KLM. I mean the Sky Team in. Wow, 2015, 2014, so a long time ago, because that's when I started switching more towards Lufthansa and then BA, so One World, and so I, I gave up on, on Sky Team, right? They, I cannot remember which flight, but they had that information. They knew that I had been platinum for several years in a row, and I'm not for like more than almost a decade right by now. So it's not even relevant, but they knew it. I don't remember in which context. I think I was talking, I think it was at Alexia. I was talking to her about how fun that she was trying to, you know, um, enroll these other passengers yeah, to yeah. your flying boot program. And we were just chatting about. And she said something like, yeah, but you must know as a platinum, ex-platinum member. I don't remember former platinum. She, she used to, and at the moment, I didn't even click. I, I continued the discussion. And then she left. And I'm like, what? She knew, so it was probably marked on my profile, and mm. she had studied that profile before. And she not, you know, I, I called it. I called her. She didn't like, come to me and learn my profile before. So they must have a mark that this person might have been a good customer. So yeah. if he or she is flying with us, 
make a good effort because maybe they could come back. I don't know what it is that it's they have on their a, iPad. Uh, it, but see, I hope that's the case because yeah. that's I preach that. I mean, <laughs> I, that's why you feel something important. I'm like, oh, I used to be a good customer. I know that. But the, the fact that they mention it, it makes you feel mm-hmm. good. Even though yeah. maybe, I'll, again, I, I don't think I will ever be able to fly anymore to, to get to that status. But the fact that they recognize it and they kind of, yeah. they don't push it. They're like, oh, you shouldn't fly more. You know, it's like, uh, oh, there's yeah, a, yeah. what Lufthansa said, you have uh, various options available. Yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but I, it's, I mean, especially we keep saying that. I know we, we, we both boost that point every time on this podcast and with Ed and we do. Now there's almost less excuse because they have this uh, an iPhone, an iPad, or an Android. What it doesn't matter, and they have they can have like cues of information about each yeah. of us that are, you yeah. know, I don't know, like they knew, like Air France knew that I speak French, you know, Papa Dimitriou, yeah, no. and I have a Swiss. Generally, people when they see a Swiss passport, they speak to me in German first. Uh, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> my Germany's so rusty. So they have these hints of information that, yeah, yeah this guy speaks French and they speak, uh, bonjour, monsieur Papa Dimitri. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, just, yeah, it, it, and you don't even feel it when they do it. It's afterwards, like, because I think, like you do, I start rethinking of how the experience felt, and I'm like, oh my god, they spoke to me in French even without I, before I said something in French, so they, they knew it, right? But it felt yeah. totally natural. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. sorry I interrupted your um, No, no, I think it's mojo. it's it's a very important point and it just there's something about that that it, at BA that that's just 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 lacking because it's you know you've all heard me bitch about various <laughs> aspects of the product um pre and post pandemic but they have gotten better and better like the IFE now is really very good. Okay. I mean the screen the, f- the hardware is just old and crap and my touchscreen didn't work and d- d- whatever that's a minor irritation yeah but the content is very very good now it's deep and it's rich and it's not just new stuff there's a lot of like oh, i haven't seen that movie in years that's a, that's a good comfort classic uh it's it's good the food in economy you know it it's it wasn't bad and it wasn't good it was what it i think has always been even if Dell and co it's that soft product. But they got us there. They got us there, I, I believe, on time. Dulles is a very, very strange airport, uh, 50 minutes outside of D.C. Um, the, is, that, is, he, is Dulles uh, the one that is in, actually in Virginia? Yeah, yeah, they both are. Dulles oh, and okay. Reagan are, are technically in Virginia. Yeah, I haven't been there for a long, long time in D.C. But it's it's a, you know, you get on the weird kind of Star Wars-esque people mover from that oh, yeah. terminal to the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which have been around since... I lived there, which I was born there and left when I was like months old, so <laughs> forty plus years. Yeah, but you know, some permanence is good. Yeah. Oh, they're fun. Yeah, they're right. fun. It's kind of right. a unique way of doing it. Yeah, um, exactly. Better than a soulless train. But uh, while we were there, obviously, when we talk, we were filming an episode, among other mm-hmm. things, and we talk about the the various airports, of course. And I wasn't going to go back to to DC to Dallas to film, um, uh, but Reagan is dca is right there yeah, minutes yeah. away so we went and it turns out after a little bit of research there is a park at the end of one of the runways and i thought well that's a great place to go get some footage. some b-roll and some footage i didn't appreciate that it is literally at the end of the runway and you are standing there and you ha- you can stand in between the 
the guiding lights, the air, the landing lights yeah, yeah. of the, you know, they're behind you. Usually, you know, there's a big fence. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and then there's the lights, and then there's a the runway. God. No, 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 no. The the edge of the uh, physical asphalt runway yeah. is only separated with a sort of, a, 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 not even a river, a stream. Yeah. And then it's you. And so we stood there, and these, and it's very small, you know, generally, CRJs, you know, E-170s, E-190s, 737s, and A3-1X-20s and all that stuff. But they are just, you know, (laughs) tapping you on the head with their wheels. And I did my little shtick there. But I had never experienced this this before. We were waiting for the the right plane to come over and for Greg to get enough footage so he could stitch something together. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell is that noise? that keeps happening like there's no there's a the planes landed landed about 40 it's nothing and i realized after a little bit that it was the wake coming off of the wings whipping right past us and it sounded like something had sprinted past yeah, some kind of silent bursts that yeah. like a ghost and the, the, you know the tree next to you will all of a sudden just burst yeah. into life and exactly then go, and it sounded like something had just flipped past her it was very and of course it's like maybe 35 feet on either side of you because it's coming yeah, off yeah, of, of course, the wings yeah, yeah. and dispersing down yeah. at an angle i had never experienced like that we know that's why airplanes have to do separation between each yeah. landing but to having we see you know schematics and yeah the, uh, and you like, see it uh in fog and, exactly and it looks ra- elegant and exactly ethereal, but you actually experience you know? it wow no it was violent it was violent and wow. and i hope maybe okay, that's a reason for me to go to dc now it, to yeah because it, it's it's cool and it's you know you get a great view and all of that and actually if you ever fly in and out of dca you get great views of the city megan was it was talking about that never been to that park and it's been experiencing yeah. that and you can you can get there from from we left from the the lincoln memorial yeah. Yeah, yeah and took an uber and we were there in eight minutes oh wow okay cool so it's it's really is right there so we we, we so did that cool, and it was man. cool um but actually well, then we went to new york um yeah. and we took the train oh the acela we took the acela i had very low expectations. Sorry to interrupt, but maybe it's my, because I've done it a long time ago. Now we're talking, yeah, 10 years ago, a few times. I enjoyed it every time. Well, I had done it once from Bo- uh, New York to Boston in 2008, and it it all worked, it worked fine um, mm-hmm. then, but it's America, America's relationship with passenger rail. It's not the Shinkansen no, no, no. or the Eurostar, whatever, I know. It was very reasonably priced. Union Station in DC is yeah glorious. It's very Just nice. A yeah. p- wonderful building. I so agree. Beautiful. And we were we could only for some reason there were no tickets available in anything oh. other than what they call business class. Yeah. And there's also a first class. Yes. We went in business class. The boarding. Uh, I, I didn't know when to get there, so we got there like forty yeah. minutes early, and you don't need to get there like five minutes early. And it was great. It yeah, left right. on time. It arrived to the minute on time, and you know it, we had a table that was the, the thing was empty. It was uh, I think it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. There's more people probably because of commuting as well for you know yeah because you stop in uh, yeah. Baltimore and yes. Providence um, yes yes indeed uh, yes and 
Actually, when you when you when you ride around Baltimore, you see some of the most depraved area, like abandoned yeah. areas, like uh, yeah, yeah. Rem- reminds me of the wire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it in ten years, but I used to do it quite a few, like from DC. I was several times in DC for work. It makes total sense for that trip, and it's really nice. The only thing downside is the crime against humanity that Penn Station has been is I mean now they yeah. have done this expansion at uh, the post office next mm-hmm. uh, which I saw last time I didn't go to the train but I just went to see which is more like a it feels more like a nice station because the thing underground is like a, just a nightmare Penn Station is a mess yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I say crime against humanity because if you look at the pictures of what it was before. Oh, I know. You know, it's, that's what it, I mean. oh. yeah. it's like uh, here in London, this equivalent would be Houston. Yeah. Houston Station. They're, they're, yeah. they're doing, yeah, exactly. They're right. doing so much work around it and you feel like you're coming into a construction area, but you don't have to faff with the TSA yeah. and then getting yeah. into LaGuardia or JFK and then trying to get into, you're right there. We were a block from our hotel. That's great. It was a great way to do it. And then. That's great. We've, we've, I picked American to fly back from New York. We were there for mm-hmm. a night uh, because the timings worked out mm-hmm. a little bit better. And I like, I like American. And it was a chance to fly on a 777, uh, even though I actually BA flew a 777, but the timings worked out. And so we, we took the, a taxi out to, to JFK in decent time because I wanted to experience T8. And the lounge. For the first time. Yeah. So you see, you're like me. That's why I was so early at Charles de Gaulle, because it was just for the lounge. As a new lounge, I want to see it. Something to, so I'm very curious about T8. I've never been to, I don't think, no. I don't think I've ever been to T8, and especially the lounge as well. So tell us. It's, yeah, I did, obviously my, my first experience too. And we you get out and there are, it, there are a lot of airlines that operate out of there, almost all one world now. And there is a BA American section, and then there's like a, business and first section and mm-hmm. all self-signed and there's somebody there much like the entrance to the first wing at t5 yeah who's checking they're like okay well you're you're going over there through that door and then you go through this this door opens automatically and there oh, are yeah, there's lights and music your hand yeah <laughs> choir of angels singing uh but when you get in, there's like five desks, but wow. actual like work desks, not check-in desks. So okay. there's somebody sat and two comfortable chairs oh, yeah. for you to sit in. I like that kind of concept. And this guy comes up to me and says, from behind his desks and says, come, come with me. Um, and I'm all, I'm, I'm, I was flying in basic economy. But you were gold. So I don't even get a bag for free, but I was gold. And so he says- You're gonna regret that gold leaving. <laughs> well- no, I know. I'm just saying that. Possibly. No, but it's nice. Uh, to- but I would have had the same experience with my silver card. Oh, okay, good. Okay, yeah. you know that. Okay, good. So he's, he comes in and he's like, please, please sit down and you, you want a glass of water or anything or a bottle of water. And he's checking us it in. It is like a hotel check-in. It was like a hotel check-in, like the the kind of the, a nice luxury yeah, yeah, resort yeah, hotel yeah. check-in. Nice. And he's, he's tapping away and he's like, hmm, it wants me to charge you for your checked bag. Solved. <laughs> nice. So he's like, I'm not, we're not going to do that. And uh, I'm that's, looking that's, around. I'm like, I don't see that's any like bag. Like, where do my bags, do I take my bags? Like yeah. there's no, there's nothing behind them. 
There's no mechanical element to any of this. Yeah, it's, yeah, it yeah. feels, and he's like, no, 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 just leave them with me, um, and you'll see them at Heathrow. Um, and he puts the things on and takes the bags away. And he says, and they have, they have three lounges. They have, and they're named after places that both London and New York have. So there's Soho, Greenwich, Chelsea, and Chelsea. And one of them, I think it's Chelsea, is the Concord Room. Oh, I see. Equivalent of the Concord Room. So you've got to be first class or GGL or whatever. Okay, wow. But we went into the gold first class equivalent lounge. Mm -hmm. And you, you go back into the terminal because then you've got to go through security. But you go through the same security as the crew. So it was very quick. It was the it was a BA crew in front of us and then just me and Megan. Um, and then you go up an elevator on one side of the terminal. And you're into, you have two doors, one for the business class lounge and one for mm -hmm. the, the, the gold lounge. And you go in and it felt like a very nice new york or london restaurant oh so i see dark but not too dark yeah, yeah. um well lit not the seedy big, restaurant an actual not, nice not seedy or <laughs> no what are you trying to hide out of darkness uh big floor-to-ceiling windows that overlook a fairly active part of the airport so you could you could see that wow. and then there was a very nice bar it looked like an actual bar mm -hmm. um well-staffed, well-maintained, well, very well-stocked. The, the, the bartender insisted that I try the reds before I picked one. He's like, no, you got just, I want, you want to try these, make sure we get it right. They have very different flavors. Wow. There was a mixture of kind of the comfy armchair seats that you would expect. Mm -hmm. um, Restaurant-style dining because you can order at your table. There's yeah. also, and then... Um, kind of high top yeah, yeah. seats um, as well. Yeah, I think I think a lot of, uh, sorry to interrupt your story, but I think if you look at, it seems to be a trend, all the very new latest lounges and airline lounges mm. are built like this, like having multiple options, like like you say, high seats. Yeah. You can uh, work uh, from, you know, kind of a bar-like situation or yeah. comfy seats or more, in between when you can eat as well, this multiple in front of you. Uh, the one in Paris is very similar, in, I mean, similar, not the same design, but it's, you have a choice. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, and and the, uh, in the very back, there were the more sort of recliner lounging yeah. chairs for those very long, long breaks. Wow. So there was the order at the, at the table um, thing, you, standard QR code stuff, and they would bring it to you, and it was burgers and, you know, fish and chips and, and other various options. No, no. Nacho cheese machine. No nacho cheese machine. Oh. So they did lose one star for that. But uh, they had uh, a very nice looking, well-stocked, fresh buffet yeah. of, 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 of various bits. Of, like, very, very nice salad bar and, and, and selection. Soft drinks. And I think there was a self, there was a lot of, there was a fridge full of different beers and sodas and sparkling waters and everything. Nice. And yeah, I was, I was, it didn't feel huge. I mean, nothing compared to the first wing, maybe mm -hmm. half the size of it, if that. Yeah, but then again, they have three next to each other, so maybe they balance. Yeah. They made their calculation, maybe, I don't know. Just uh... Uh, And I don't know how much traffic, actually, they get um, between them all, but it was, the, the experience was 
was very good. It was comfortable. Uh, It's definitely a lounge that I would look forward to going back to. The service was, uh, or the people were um, reserved. There wasn't quite like a a level of effusiveness, quite casual, which Mm -hmm. is, which is fine, but it was good. And I, I, I look forward to somehow I'm going back to New York um, next month. Whether I fly on them, I don't know, but uh, I hopefully I'll get the opportunity to go back there. When about are you going in the part of March? Um, I almost exactly a month. Okay. St. Patrick's Day. So it will be a, we'll do we'll do a recording just before you leave, yeah. maybe for yeah, Dubai, was, and then you'll have your New York again. Yeah, but you haven't so, chosen which one you're gonna fly with. No, I haven't. I haven't even thought about it yet. But I was yeah. I was I was impressed. I was impressed by the lounge and American. Uh, the flight was very. It was a triple seven three hundred, and we had initially booked the second row of economy. The seat between us was empty, but then it, re- it became very clear that this that the whole flight was was really really empty and so i asked the the one of the cabin crew like can we move and they said yeah yeah so i took a a a bulkhead seat of three and megan took the robe behind me which has um i had only two seats it was one of those weird anomalous ones and then she had a row of three so she had like infinite leg room oh yeah yeah, of course yes because there was no seat in front of her Yeah, yeah, yeah i i went straight to sleep she ate and said the food was was wasn't bad uh, the crew were actually, um, they were nice. They were really kind of friendly. And I, the the both cabin crew were older men with mm-hmm. deep southern drawls, uh, which is, I just associate yeah. with hospitality. Yeah, and yeah, so it was lovely. It was a, it was a quick six hours, eight minutes across the Atlantic. And by the time we actually uh, got off the plane NT3, uh, and got through immigration, which was pretty busy. Our bag was already on the carousel. Good. Oh, so that's a good point for uh, yeah. Because that I know I said it earlier in this episode, but that terminal looks even more dated now than it felt before yeah. for me for some reason. I think the only thing it has going for it is it's physically very compact, so the bags don't actually have that far yeah. to travel uh, yeah. compared to T five, which yeah you know. feels yeah, especially with the satellites. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Although sometimes at T3, when you go to these gates, where the name's 20 more or 30, you walk that long corridor, it seems forever. But yeah. Oh, okay, no, fair enough. No, it's, it's not a bad terminal. Just <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah, so I, um, I know. Actually, yeah, that's that's where I came back with, uh, with uh, Air France, because again, I said it's at T3, and I was very easy. No issue. I was out very quickly. Okay, I didn't have to wait for a bag, but I was out very quickly. Um, passport so the gates and passport uh, immigration were working fine so I was in yeah. very quickly so I cannot yeah. you know I cannot complain of course but yeah no okay so you yeah so we, would it entice you to travel a, a, a price considerations aside the fact that this new T8 um, and lounge would it, would it be something that would entice yeah, you yeah I mean to, with with BA and American both operating out of there, I think I, it won't be the last time I go there. Yeah. Um, irrespective of who I give my allegiance to going forward. Um, <laughs> Maybe no one, free agent forever. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm silver with BA as of the end of next month. I'm already silver with Virgin, which is useless. It doesn't get me into anything anywhere. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, it's funny your 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 kind of uh, check-in experience of the hotel-like experience. You said I think it reminded me of uh, 
I mean, Virgin does it in their wing at T3. What's the name? Yep. You know, you go up. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure Jal had that at uh, Narita. But uh, even the Virgin thing is is still, it's just a private yeah. check-in area with the same physical desks and everything Correct. like that. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, Jal does that. And I try to remember, is it Qatar that has something a bit similar, but not I don't know. I don't even recall, man. Anyway, it's an interesting concept, though. Yeah. To have these, uh, yeah. Sometimes it's a bit overkill, maybe because you're like, well, I just want to check in and leave, and they're like, oh, do you yeah, want to it see? shouldn't. Like, oh, okay, yeah. nice. So. <laughs> I think if you've already got your boarding pass and you're not checking any bags, you can just you can just avoid it. Okay. Through. Yeah. But it's nice. It's a nice touch, man. Yeah, it really is. You were just talking. We were just talking about that. The part of the experience that is expressed, and that's part of it. Actually, uh, before we close the show. Were you recognized by AA? No, I'm not on board. Okay. Although, was I? I don't. Uh, I don't remember to be honest with you. I'm going to give them the benefit yeah. of the doubt and at least say. And that you fell asleep very quickly as well, so maybe yeah. by that time. So there was no opportunity. I was out. I was exhausted. The head of cabin would have come to you. He's like, okay, he's asleep now. Yeah. Uh, because I noticed something very interesting at at, at Air France in these short flights is that when they were coming for the first round of drinks which a lot of people, because a lot of people were French, were all going for champagne. <laughs> they went seemingly in the order of uh, highest frequent flyers. Oh, that's interesting. Because it was, you know, it was a, it was really random. I was like, why are they starting at 3F and then moving? And they were saying like a, a spiel, like I kind of couldn't really overhear because of the noise of the aircraft. Didn't did that spiel for me because I, I don't have any status. But clearly... They probably say, okay, these are the people we need to recognize first. And then they kind of went, once they did their three that had this maybe platinum, maybe whatever, then they went it to the other. It seems interesting so obvious. Yeah, and not very <laughs> difficult. Especially in a short hall when you have literally a small cabin of five rows. It's not that. Uh, yeah. There was even one guy that had, you know, the, the escort. So he was coming from a car, come, oh, came up yeah. on the bridge. Uh, the guy was our age. Funnily enough, that guy didn't have any miles. So she sold him the miles <laughs> program. And I'm like, so you guys, you had a special car with a guy that, you know, hand held you until your seat. But you're not getting any freaking miles for it. And you don't accrue the miles. You must be so wealthy that you don't give a shit. You don't care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Any other things you No, no, to? that's it. I, I know we're... Uh, yeah, because I know we're, we're over time, over and I know time. that it's uh, school holidays for you, so you probably want to go back to your kids. Or maybe you don't, actually. That's an excuse <laughs> two hours without them after nearly a week of school holidays. It gives you a little bit of a break. But let's play the... the, the NBA. Uh, uh, yeah, so next slides. Do you have any before that uh, New York nope. thing? Do you have anything you think? By design. So, yeah, so next time will be me talking about... Um, Emirates, which I'm flying on Monday. Excellent. I hope I could, I should be able to release that episode before. I mean, I will. Not, it's, a, it's a commitment. Just have so much stuff today and tomorrow. Maybe I'll do that on Saturday. I'll, I'll see if I can find a time. Um, uh, where is the music now? God damn it. Here. Can you hear? Yeah. And so there you go. Uh, oh, yeah. What should we call this episode? JFK T8 or Charles de Gaulle T2? Oh, Charles de Gaulle T2, since we both went there. Okay, so... Maybe if you choose uh, BAAA to go back to New York next month, that could be actually this time JFKT. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, there. Well, 
Guys, have a, a enjoyable time. Please reach out to us if uh, you find uh, that uh, large that uh, Alex experience really bad or the one I experienced in Paris really bad. I don't think he will because now he makes me want to go to T8 uh, and like spend all my miles to use. I need to go back to New York. If you disagree with anything, guys, tell us. Otherwise, just give us a nice review or nice feedback. Sorry if we don't always mention. And uh, on that, Alex, happy flying. Safe travels, guys. <laughs>